What is going on, Brookie Nation? Welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 44 of the Storybrook Circus. My name is the Mackie Mouse. My name is Isla Sikorsky. And we are a Once Upon a Time podcast, watching the uh, show one episode at a time and picking it apart at the moment <laughs> because we've had some rough <laughs> We're some not rough doing episodes. well right now. We're it's okay. Well it's right okay. Now. Every show's got the dips of your season, really, right? Um but yeah, how how are you doing? How's I'm how's good. The world? Episode forty four. That's one away from forty five, which is five away from fifty. We are big on our cycles here. <laughs> Incredible. Circus. We love our anniversaries. That's really what it is. We like to celebrate. And uh, I'm good. Things are a little chaotic right now, but a you know what? That's okay. It's, it's kind of fun. Chaos it's New Year's. Little... It's the vibe. We're going for it's it. The, I feel like everybody's in that, like, the post-New Year's Eve and Christmas, you know, like, you had a lot of family. Maybe some, some people had too much family, right? Like, <laughs> you had vacations. People took off work. Now they're kind of back at work. And it's, you know, things are a little, a little wild. Uh, everybody's getting back into a routine, you know? Some people, I guess, like, the, the, the air and atmosphere, people take this time to like reflect right everybody's like i it's a new day it's a new year it's going to be a new me it's like all these like i just general i mean we are against the the new me thing but (laughs) no but yeah it's like not a slump it's just it's just a lot and we're going with it yeah it's like a you it's fresh starts i feel like are always chaotic and that's just kind of the way it is yeah and it needs to be like that so that something good can come out of it. So, I mean, it's the same for me. You know, things are, are ramping back up into uh, whatever a normal routine is, although COVID is wreaking havoc on everything everywhere. Let's put that that cultural uh, whatever the uh, uh, current events time Yeah, like stamp. a check, like a little, yeah, a time stamp. That's yeah, what like a milestone. For. So we can listen back to this episode and be like, this is when uh, uh, Omarion was just wreaking havoc on the entire country and slash world insanity and i consider myself a pretty safe person you know like i really try to keep my bubble small and i have had three close contacts within seven days it's insane like that like and they're not it's not even like it's like a fun reason it's like yeah, it was it's not partying, you know it's not family some, and work and school yeah so it's really crazy it's and and i feel like that's the story i'm hearing from everyone if, if it's not people who are already sick testing negative uh, or already sick with it, testing positive. It's people who like you can't meet someone right now who doesn't have one to two degrees of somebody who either has it right now or is currently trying to get tested to figure out if they have it. Like every much more yeah. than the first time. You know what I mean? Like if you like like a random person on Instagram that that you met six years ago and you're like this person either is going through it or knows someone is going through it. That's how like close it is to everybody, which is a little yes. scary. But you know. Got vaccinations. We got, you know, I mean, well, vaccinations and testing apparently are not as easily accessible equally in the country right now. As they I'm should learning, be. I'm learning but... that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit easier to find uh, testing locations and stuff here in Florida than apparently it is uh, up north. <laughs> but we're getting you know, by. We're getting by. Yeah. Everybody, you know what? We're surviving as, as a people. Um, but you're here listener dear dearest listener uh probably because you have a fellow dearest Rita (laughs) um of once upon a time the ABC TV show that aired 10 years ago as of October 
which is even even that is wild to think about. We watched Tron Legacy yesterday, which we talked about last week. Uh, Edward and Adam, Edward Kitson and Adam Horowitz, who wrote this show, yes. wrote Tron Legacy and did the screenplay and all that stuff. Um, and I was looking at it, and when we that was in the credits, and when we stopped the credits, it went to the title screen. 2010 and i'm like oh i know we talked last week about the fact that it was before once upon a time but putting an actual number on it that it's 2022 and that tron legacy this futuristic sci-fi movie was done in 2010 is bonkers to me <laughs> like I you know what so i saw old. the other day somebody wrote 2018 i don't know who needs to hear this but 2018 was not two years ago right i cannot process that like my whole body does not allow that to be a thing. Like I'm just like, <laughs> it is no, yeah. Weird. 2018 was two. It was four years ago. Four years that's ago. A, that's a whole like part of school. Like you graduate to a new school. <laughs> like four years is all of high school. I am so glad you said that because I also measure time that way. Just, well, everybody thinks that I'm crazy when I say that. I go, oh my gosh, I could have like now that I've been out of school for I'm like I could have gone through high school twice now at the amount of time that I've been out of high school. Cool. Right. No, see, which I mean, seems stupid to like measure, but I, I also measure stupid. things by like TV show times. Like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is four New Girl episodes until this time. Oh my God. Like, I used to do that when I was a kid. My mom would yeah. measure time that way. She would go two Sesame Streets and an Arthur. And then it's time to go because like, it has pick a up feel, right? The, the, the beginning, middle, and end, right? The the way that a storyline we are programmed for like a thirty, especially back then, those thirty minute shows when commercials yeah. were the same time, right? It was a, was a twenty seven minute show, whatever. The, and we the, joke about how we love our anniversaries, but that's like how I measure things too. Where if yeah. it would be like before school would end, I'd be like, all right, there's an hour left, which is two half an hours. That means that I have like so many ten minutes until it's time to go. But like and that for some for reason would make me like. feel. Better. Better. Of course. I mean, it gives you some ground. It gives you a, a checkpoint of like, you know, like you, you you have a feeling associated with that. And so if you need it to be longer or shorter, that gives you a little bit of structure for what to expect, I think. Which, yeah. how did we even start talking about this? It's crazy. Oh, that it was that long ago. Tron, Tron Legacy. Uh, yeah. No, I, we talk about that whenever we finish shows, like we watched all of CSI. And then we were like, oh, that's crazy. How many seasons was that? It was 16 seasons. I'm like, that means it's we just watched 16 years worth of television. <laughs> like, I can't do that to myself because I will go into a deep hole. <laughs> like we, we watched it in like six months. But, but it's crazy how like quickly that goes by. Um, anyway, Once Upon a Time is now in its 11th year uh, of, of, the, of airing. So uh, we are uh, quickly wrapping up season two we're in the last few episodes of season two which is very exciting when we get to when we get to season finales we always do a recap and then you know we get into a new season the season premieres are always really exciting so we hope you guys are uh as excited and we hope you're still enjoying your new year and now we get to find out uh what stuff you guys think in our first segment of the show the storybook daily mirror Thank you, newspaper boys. Oh, yes. Thank you, newspaper boys. Uh, The Storybook Daily Mirror is a fictional newspaper in the world of Once Upon a Time. And in our world, it is um, uh, also a fictional newspaper (laughs) where you pretend uh, submit articles to uh, there's you know, I realize that there we have a, a range of people right listening to this show. And I don't 
me in this kind of sending me at all because i mean we, we we talk about this in discord all the time like we have people who are older than us like you and i we have people who are much much younger than us so i need to call out somebody in the discord as uh as a focus group i need i need to control right i need to know <laughs> lucas if you understand our newspaper references because i realize now that there's a lot of people who've never even picked up a newspaper before because they're not a thing you know what though lucas is a musical theater kid that's true newsies so i oh and dressed up like newsies at school i feel like an asshole yeah no we we support no lucas is an old soul that's also true that's also true just so happens to be (laughs) the youngest lucas is our little brother that we like hanging out with that's true but and and that's what that's exactly the air that i meant that question in 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 like little yes absolutely but i mean we also talk about you know how Kids hold phones the, like this, the pretend phone phones thing. like this instead I mean. of this. Okay, fine. So I we're gotta, just trying to figure out where the disconnect is. I got a better question. We need to know how old we are. Lucas, identify some uncool kids, since you're a cool kid. <laughs> yes. Identify some kids who are your age range or even younger than you, people in your school who are younger than you. And I want to know if, like, like newspapers, because there's stuff that we know about for, like, I know what a reel-to-reel is, okay? I did have one in my house, but, like, that wasn't a common thing. That was, like, from before I was born, but I still know what it is. But there's some, I, I, I've i talked to people younger, and they don't, they have no idea. Like, that girl we found on TikTok who found a freaking iPod and thought it was a hair clip with an iPod in it. Like, that kind of, and I'm like, are you doing that because you're just trying to be kitschy, or did you actually think Did you have a school paper when you were in high school? I did, yeah. We didn't. The Gazette. We had a morning show. We did not have audiovisual stuff like that, which I would have preferred, actually. Yeah, we had a morning show, but it was only like on Fridays. But I, Lucas, do you have a school newspaper? What's all right? <laughs> We're like what, digging I, so no. hard into Lucas's life right now. <laughs> Very curious, <laughs> homie. I just want to know. I want to know what he cringes at when what what do we say where he's like, oh my god, that's what I mean. These guys like, are so ugh, old. newspapers. These guys are so. Old. Yeah. that's kind of what I. That, that's what I mean. I, I'm trying to figure out if like we made this whole thing about a newspaper, and I realized that it's a dumb joke that's really old because it's not like a common thing. Like comics, like like Sunday comics. We always talk about uh, was Toon Lagoon from Universal. Where like, yeah. how do people even understand what this stuff is? Like Heathcliff and you know Beetle Bailey and like all this stuff. Where, like nobody knows. And if any other um, youth want to come forward and own up to the fact that they listen to the show, please let us know because right now it's Luke. Um, so he's getting the brunt of oh, it. Oh yeah, more representation <laughs> for real. More representation in the in the the youth department, which we do not discriminate against. So we, I actually love uh, we love seeing it. That we feel very cool. Yeah, totally. We're like the older. We've siblings, talked right? about it off air. Where we're like, oh my gosh, we do all the time. Anyway, that was a long tangent. Uh, the Starbuck Daily Mirror segment dedicated to you, Isla. Please let everyone know how it is they get to participate in the Starbuck Daily Mirror. Well, when you send us $1,000, we will feature you on the air. Oh, my God. If only it was that easy, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Or like this weird pyramid scheme. (laughs) Yeah. If you join our MLM, you will become a boss babe. It's a BB girl boss, Brookie boss babe. Um, So... For realsies, though, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a five-star review and write some words, we're going to read it on the air. We've said this before. We will say it again. We don't care what you write. Just talk to us. You can also email us, thesbcpod at gmail.com. It can be as short or as long as you want. No matter what, we read it. If we summarize the long ones, please know that we do read every single word that you read in the email. Oh, yeah. We read um, it. It's we, just sometimes yeah, we have to cut it We talk about it. Yeah. 
We have an Instagram where you can DM us, the SVC pod. We have a phone number. That phone number, you can send us a voicemail or a text message. And that number is 207-536-8512. I will say it one more time for those who were not really listening. 207-536-8512. Also, as an extra little bonus, I was joking about the $1,000. If you do really want to send us money, it is on our Patreon. You can support it, and we will send you some bonus content, whether it be a movie that we're obsessing about, like the early premiere of our Encanto review, yeah. or um, a little TV show from back in the day called Lost that we're also rewatching occasionally, <laughs> and any other random bullshit that we can come up with. So check us out on there. And do all of those other things that I just said. Okay, bye. Yay. Wait, sound effects. Yay. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, so for, for today's Storybrick Daily Mirror, we have uh, a couple of emails that we would like to, because we, we're actually trying to catch up on the emails. I just lost the tab. Where did it go? Um, uh, that we, some of them were left over uh, the break, our Christmas break, and... Uh, we have some people who are binging and who are catching up, so we just wanted to go back and, and read some of those. So one of them is from our boy Leo, <laughs> who signed this, by the way, Leo, comma, first name agent, which I really love because <laughs> he's Agent Leo that. on our Discord. Uh, let me bring this down here to a readable level. Okay, so, it's, ooh, so it says uh Mackie Isla, who <laughs> he always does this. He puts a lowercase i and a capital L, which I kind of like. Kind of I appreciate a lot, it. actually, because it, I don't know, it just looks cool. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it says, I wasn't going to chime in, but this episode, this is Selfless, Brave, and True, uh, or the opposite of a life of selfishness, cowardice, and dishonesty, which is the real thing that she says in the show, by the way. Just in case we didn't get the name and the point of this episode, <laughs> Mackie got <laughs> triggered by so many things. Uh, by so many things, it just got to me. Uh, this, this this script and writing, LVP, the writing, <laughs> made the LVP the writing of the episode. See, we, we, we honestly, are not alone good in that. answer. Yeah. We should have said that. I know the MVP, <laughs> Josh Dallas, for still delivering greatness despite this episode. I love the aggression. I really do. Uh, it's okay. This is numbered. I like I, li- I like the organization here. It says yes. number one, a scarf isn't going to cover up getting drenched in coffee. <laughs> Tamara looked as if she'd just gotten off a Splash Mountain ride. A scarf can cover up a stain. That is not a stain. Two, I know I recognized you, Owen. It's been over 30 years. If he had a scar or watch or some type of article of clothing that he never took off, I'd maybe buy that whole exchange. By the way, the whole I hope I know I re- he's pounding the chicken back there, by the way. I don't know if you can hear that. Yes. It's very loud. I can I can sort of our fave guest appearance, the chicken cutlet. <laughs> Bang it out, babe. Um so, <laughs> I don't even know if that mic can hear it, but I made a bit out of it. Uh, I think they were referencing the little keychain that she saw the keychain in the diner and was like, oh, because she like made a big deal about the keychain. Th- also, okay. do you remember a key 30 years? I'm 34. Like that's I was I would have been in kindergarten, but I don't remember like a sp- I wasn't an adult. I was four. Right. That's different. But and they're not like it's not a true 30 years because it was a curse. So. And so we well, don't know how this magic memory thing works. And also, how many people got into Storybrooke? That's that was true. also like the first time. You know what I mean? I, I feess feel like that might been... stick with you. I don't think she would recognize him as himself, but, she would but recognize something the like chain? the keychain. You think so? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, number three Snow basically went to her death and wanted to die. That's some scary thinking. When David spoke to her, 
after reviewing that, I honestly can't tell if I'm hearing Josh Dallas or David speak so loving and reassuring. We ship Snow and Charming yes. because we ship Josh Dallas. And I was going to say, we, we really ship Josh and Getting Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah but... sure. uh, Number four, Hong Kong. Oh, man, it drives me crazy in movies or TV, as we witnessed, when people scream, stop that burglar or thief. May, <laughs> many not do not know English. Or when people are in another country and they're in a hoodie and sunglasses like we saw Tamara wearing, but she's not a spy who will recognize her in Hong Kong. I mean, us, the audience, obviously, because that's why it was revealed that way. But there's no reason to have her hidden like that. And those are both valid points. And someone's Facts. like, hey, stop. And they're like in, <laughs> in a Chinese-speaking country where everyone's like, what? And then her being hidden is kind of strange because like, who is she hiding from? Besides the person watching the TV episode. But like in the show... Just yeah. Know anyone in Hong Kong? I mean, whatever. And if uh, she does, they're not going to point her out in that setting. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I guess I you, you you kind of draw more attention to yourself acting like that than you do. Like, yes. Like super if I see somebody with a hood and sunglasses on, my immediate senses go up. I'm like, mm. I'm like, you're a bomber. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. No. Uh, all right, number five, Lucifer in the next episodes in all caps. I totally forgot about that. He was also in Doctor Who. Worked with Martha Jones. Who, shout out to Martha Jones. Martha Jones plays a very, very small cameo role. Not cameo, but she plays a very small role in the new Spider-Man movie. She's like a random oh. random side character in an office. Like, doesn't I don't even think they give her a name, but she's totally there. And I was like, Martha Jones. Interesting. Um, number six, every time I see Belle, I can't help but think, my baby, because of you two. And her yes. birthday is also December 27th. I did not know that. Actually, he gives us a couple of birthdays in here. Uh, speaking of which, the next one, my uh, ex was way into True Blood and I supported her. Spoiler, Neil was very bad in that show. So it's hard to see him as you guys do. I, <laughs> although I love Neil, I keep seeing that bad version of him. His birthday's on December 24th. Um, it's very on interesting Christmas that, Eve, baby. that we've talked about not being able to... S- not see characters that were used to, like actors as different characters yeah. than what we're used to. Like what's his name uh from Lost who's in um the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> uh oh Boone. Ian Summer. I- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes, a hundred percent totally. Uh, among many other characters as well. Uh I always see uh Giancarlo Esposito. I've seen him in so many other things and it's so funny because this weird sniveling character is not a typical role for him. He's usually playing like a big villain, very strong or you know, But that's who I remember him as. You remember him as as this like snivelly character? Yeah, really. Looking at him at this, I can tell he's acting because he's usually playing such like a gravitas role from like from what I noticed. I finally started recognizing him in other things, it, but I really recognized him from Once Upon a Time. So that's in my head. It's that's so funny. But also, Jason Bateman is a creepy pedophile from Juno in yeah, my you eyes. Can't get even that though out I love head. him, I can. It's because it's the first thing I watched him in. Uh, yeah. I didn't see any of those other movies until after Juno. That was like. I think the first thing I so, saw him in was just some other comedy stuff. like Which sucks because yeah. he's hilarious he's and so I good. do love him. But at, in the back of my head, I'm like, that was really skeevy of you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that wasn't Jason Bateman. <laughs> that wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight, the Blue Fairy's birthday, December 3rd, uh, Keegan... Connor Tracy. Okay, why is everybody born in December? Apparently, yeah. Uh, and number nine, last thing, the promo trailer, I Know How to Kill Magical Creatures. <laughs> He wrote it. This is this is great. He wrote the promo trailer, colon, and then he wrote a quote. I know how to kill magical creatures, end quote. And then the attribution at the end says, Tamara with a taser. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> hilarious. 
<laughs> on a pre- wooden person. On a, just, just the presentation of that joke in print is hilarious. Thank you, Leo. Yes. Sorry for that rant. I heart you all. Stay ever so rumple and gold. Leo, first name agent. Thank you so much, Leo. Uh, <laughs> Leo, <laughs> It's always best. great to hear from you, man. Thank you so much for that contribution. Oh, man. We have more emails. Let's do another, shall we? So we have uh, a Paula email, and it is in reference to our uh, audio description conversation that we were having. Uh, I, was that last week or the week before? Um, honestly, every episode since Paula told us about it, um, we've <laughs> been <true. laughs> pretty pretty heated. So we're going to follow up on it. And yeah. she gives us some clarification, which I think is really helpful. Yeah, yeah, super helpful. Um, uh, so I'm, do you yeah, want me to read it? Yeah, take it away. Okay. So I'm catching up on episodes, and I figured the audio description email deserved its own email. First of all, audio description has actually been around for quite a while. I remember getting VHSs with Disney movies audio described when I was small, although I actually despised them. This is because I like the movies with songs because I like to sing along with the songs. Now imagine trying to sing along to Somewhere Over the Rainbow and having some stupid voice tell you what Dorothy's doing. I don't really care Uh, what Dorothy's doing. I just want to sing. Right. Anyway, I was actually... Anyway, I was actually on TV because I get to screen... What? Hold on. I'm reading this wrong. I was actually on TV because I got to screen the first audio described movie in theaters. In- oh, wow. oh, my gosh. That's okay. Awesome. In case you're wondering which one it was, it was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I actually one. just ran across my TV appearance because the streaming service was trying to advocate for more audio description and wanted it to present some sort of history of audio description to make more shows. I won't out which streaming service it was, but suffice to say, they said I needed speech therapy and they hoped I'd got it. Nice, huh? What the fuck? I had a cold. I can't talk on a daily basis. Maybe. What? I'll send you the video so you can judge for yourselves. Please do, because I think that that is super interesting, and I would love to watch it, and I would never tell you that you need speech therapy. I would never tell anyone that. It was actually pretty cringy. Anyway, audio description is in a lot of things now. All the originals that streaming services do are audio described on all platforms now, and there's a lot of recent stuff that's audio described. The problem is that Once Upon a Time was made when they still weren't doing audio description as much. It was just getting started with a few shows on streaming services. The problem is that they're busy with producing it for the new stuff and figured that's enough and they don't feel the need to go back and do the old stuff. I have friends Uh who absolutely need it and are demanding it for shows that I personally feel you can live without it. Should you have to live without it? No. But like you said, it's not fair. But if you have to live without it, I feel like they should focus their energy on shows like Once Upon a Time, which are super visual. I get that they may not want to go back to every show, like say I Love Lucy and Audio Describe It, but there are certain shows that need it more than others. I mean, I watched a million little things on ABC just fine before they started audio describing it. Anyway, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yay! Uh, We are with you 100%, Paolo. It's also still very interesting. Yes, and that's incredible that you got to do something, and I'm sad that it was soured by somebody being an asshole for no reason. And Once Upon a Time, definitely, and shows like it, require that visual element to put context to things there's just like so much like you won't get if it's you know unlike a soap opera that's yeah like, like lost list or something like that yeah lost, lost would example. need to be audio described yeah for sure i don't know what's going on and i can see right right and so yeah it's hard to follow when you have all your senses let alone you have one removed that's yeah um so yeah well uh that's our update on on audio description that's a very uh, some nice context to kind of how and it's i something that was kind of interesting to me is the fact that it is so in its infancy because Once Upon a Time came out in 20, what is it, 12, 11, 11? 2011. Uh, so like 
That's not that old. I thought audio descriptions were around a long time before that. I mean, I'm sure they were, but like the way so that she's she, Yeah, she said it, they were. Like she watched VHSs from when she was a kid, but it wasn't popular, I guess, for TV. I just, I, I meant like I thought it was just a common practice for all forms of media. Yeah, but no, I guess. Time. So I guess within the last 10 years, people have finally woken up and figured out that this is like a necessity. I mean, I guess so, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's kind of, you know, goes to show. <laughs> Things that we take for granted that we thought were happening. And, yeah. And, you know what I mean? But now you know. Now we know. So now we can advocate for it. Well, um, we are going to move on to another email. Uh, we actually have a couple of palette emails that we're uh, catching up on um, because uh, she has been catching up and wanted to give her thoughts on a few episodes in a row. So, oh, Interesting. It says, I'm behind again because of life and because Gmail decided to get extra secure and not allow Braille devices to get through their security system. Again with the discrimination. I hate it. What? <laughs> it's so stupid. But it's okay. It's okay. We I are- am also... No, I'm not even going to get into how dumb I am. But like, I'm like, oh yeah, of course she has to use Braille to type these out. Like, Which is also impressive because we're getting... Like, very detailed, comprehensive, you know, like, thoughts on this stuff. So, you know what? Shout out to Paola for killing it at life. This dedication. This is, yeah, this is a lot of work. I mean, you you don't, absolutely don't have to do the work to communicate with us on what you think. And she did, just so that, so that we can have this kind of discourse back and forth. And yeah. that's worth something. That's, that's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you for making our Storybook Daily Mirror as, uh, as full and fulfilling as it is thank you all right so let's kind of bust through these so episode 15 i don't have the titles here but i'm sure from the context of what she's saying we'll we'll figure out which episode's which it says call me terrible but i think i uh i'd have i think i would have used that candle if it would save my mother and i am not that good listen (laughs) and well i kind of agree (laughs) that line regina uses when she says uh you see where the good gets you, or where good gets you. I kind of feel that when it comes to the candle. You do what's considered the right thing and you lose. I kind of love Bad Snow at the end of this episode because I kind of agree with her. Where did good get them? Losing Emma, losing her mother. I'm not saying that she needs to become Cora, but I like that she's less of a goody-goody by the end of this episode. I think that's why Regina is one of my favorites because she's a cynic. <laughs> I agree with that. Because... I know people, a lot of people agree with that. Sometimes you do the right thing over and over and over again, and it does not give you the outcome that you want. And then you start to think, like, what was this for? Yeah. Like, like when you point? put so much energy into a friendship, like, you just really try to show up for them, and you really try to give them the benefit of the doubt, and they just continuously run you over with a car. And then you're yeah. like, why? Why did I waste my time why? doing all yeah. of that? It, it there was really no point. I you... could have just treated you like you treated me, and it would have been over a lot easier because yeah. you would have never. Well, there's an ethic thing behind that, right? Mm-hmm. Because if yeah. you had done that, and that's what they deserved, and that's what the cosmos deserved to balance out this equation of their being bad to you, so you should, right? It would have ultimately, regardless of the balancing of that equation, would have made you feel bad about yourself and how you perceive how you treat others regardless of how they treat you which in uh, to in my opinion it adds additional villainy to the person who is being bad to you because they not only have made you feel bad but they have now turned you into them which is a bad person like they convinced yeah. you that you should change your ideas and your ethics right and and to bring it back to the show that is something that 
Regina does in a way that does not feel sinister. You say that she's a cynic. I think that's such a accurate description. I don't think she's evil. I think she's used to disappointment. And being a cynic does not make you by itself a bad person. You know what I mean? And and the mm-hmm. way that she is she is um validating this despair that you feel from sometimes doing the right thing doesn't pay off. It doesn't always pay off. It's just right. the, it, it it's just guaranteed to keep your uh the, your your integrity intact. But that doesn't necessarily make you a winner. That doesn't ma- make the situation yeah. turn out well. If your integrity is intact and your loved one dies, was it worth your integrity staying intact? And that's the question Regina always kind of brings up. Is it worth staying good if it means that I still lose? And not just for selfish reasons, but like I lose a loved one or lose, you know, Daniel or my dad or my mother or my whatever. You know what I mean? So she kind of, as opposed to the polar opposite of Charming and Snow, will choose the thing that keeps her protected which is not always the good thing. And Snow and Charming will always choose the good thing regardless of the outcome. Such an interesting kind of opposite approach. Yeah, and then it's like, problem. where's the middle ground? I and feel where like, is the middle ground? I feel like people do find a middle ground. I mean, yeah. most. I think most people find In it. some That's situations you living. do. But it is like a really interesting thing to watch it laid out for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like watching yeah, yeah. Snow and Charming and then watching Regina. And watch them talk it out kind of out loud. Yeah, it's an, yeah. It's an interesting like thing to like actually see it mapped out in front of you instead of just living it in real life. Yeah. Episode 16. Wow, so audio description is really needed for this show because the sexual tension between Ruppel and Cora totally completely went over my head until I heard them kissing. And then I was like, ew, that's gross. But listening, <laughs> listening to it with you guys with the show in the background makes me be like, how did I miss that? It's so obvious and gross. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm really glad that she still think that it's disgusting because it's still gross. <laughs> we yeah, did it not like it. Gross. That was, not that's, what is that? TikTok? The, <laughs> like here I was a year ago trying, like pushing it. And here I am this year, still killing it at life. Like that's what that reminds me. Oh my God. I've never seen that one. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. A TikTok. I know. Yeah, I'm probably going to send it to you. I'm just saying it wrong. That's why uh, I needed to say, I needed to address this. I don't know this TikTok reference. Yeah. I will. It's a will big deal. That we will uh, we will address this off the air and figure out if we can if we can find it. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. On another note, I don't think Cora Cora is that crazy in the moment with Eva. I mean, she lives in a world. I'm assuming this is the young. Cora. I think this is when they fight. They tussle. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, she lives in a world where they are there are kings and queens who think super highly of themselves and see themselves as better and her as scum under their feet. I don't know about you, but I could see myself wanting to be the one putting them down if I had the power, if I lived in that time period with no equality. I kind of agree with that. Being able to do that was kind of what made you as somebody as bad as that sounds. And so I can see how that's her worst moment, how she was made to feel like nothing. And then me speaking as myself, uh, I, I think that also adds to that idea that people's evil origin story are not always because they are inherently evil, but because they have a really noble thing that they're trying to achieve, that kind of equality. Now, I do kind of agree that or, or disagree that Cora is doing that for like a noble reason. I think Cora is doing it because she thinks highly of herself and she's like, how dare you, right? Yes. But, but defending yourself to someone who thinks that there should, that, that there is an equality sometimes make people snap and go the other direction and then start doing really bad. I mean, you see this on criminal shows all the time, right? Where a bad guy gets caught and then they say, this is, a, I killed a rapist. I killed a, a sexual yeah. abuser and they deserved it. And that's not the point, right? Like it, like even the, like it made them snap and they went on a, on a, a Dexter 
style serial killer murdering, you know, murder spree of bad people who deserve yeah. it is kind of not the point of still committing evil to get rid of evil. Yeah. And that's kind of really what the, the, the backbone of this conflict is. Regina's evil comes from her loss. Cora's evil comes from her embarrassment. Like these evil things don't come naturally. They come out of trauma. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so continuing with the email. Wow. So I said... I like Bad Snow because I think she's too good, but I forgot how dirty she was killing Cora. If she just killed her, it would have been fine with me. I'm not nice like Charming, but the way it went down with Regina end up doing it, yikes. She And the way she manipulated Regina. Did we just forget this happened? Because I can't forgive Snow for this. Maybe I just don't understand what happened my first watch. Poor Regina. I completely fucking agree with this. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. yep, yep. I know we end up loving Snow again and like we do find, you know, whatever. But like this is like point of no return. You did not just shoot somebody. You didn't just like stab them till, you know, like once in the heart and they're dead. Right. You manipulated their daughter yeah. to do it? It turned into it turned into an evil act. The act of killing her wasn't actually the evil. I act. yeah, the, and I don't know. Obviously this is a TV show and it's not real. But I don't know if she just killed Cora, if her heart would have turned black from that. I don't think so either. I think the entire, the, the sum of the whole thing is what made it black. Yes. You know what I mean? The 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 act, like the way of it, not yeah. the murder. Yeah. The plotting. Yeah. Because the manipulation. It was, no longer, the... it was no longer in self-defense. Right. Because it originally was in self-defense, I think. Because she, they kept saying, if we don't kill Cora, she's going to kill hundreds more. She killed Joanna. She killed, right? In cold blood. And so that, that to a certain degree, that is a little bit self-defense, but you don't do it in a way that's heartless, which is what she did. And Cora was threatening the town. Full yeah, stop. She was trying to blow to. everything up. So, yeah, you could have killed her and I would have been I would have been fine with it as a TV show. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, well, which life, is probably which I, re- I respect because that's kind of why they did it this way, because if you if they had killed her, it would have been like any other sword in the heart of the dragon and Sleeping Beauty. We're like, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. And that would have been boring. Right. They kill the dragon and that's not bad. Emma kills the dragon. It's fine. I mean, that's true because dragon's a person too. It's but Maleficent. Again, it was just well. I don't think she even knew either. When they sent her down there, I don't think she knew that it was still a person. She just, but no, but she didn't know that. They sent oh, her yeah, down there to. I think she. I think Rumple sent her down there to like do his dirty work. I don't know. Which yeah, comes out later I, in the show, you know. I agree with Paolo, though. I do. I do. One hundred percent uh let's see episode 17 i agree absolutely agree with them being honest with henry is he hearing stuff a child shouldn't hear sure but he's been in with the adults the entire time agreed either you trust him or you don't you can treat you can't treat him like you take him seriously one minute and then treat him like a toddler the next agreed Uh, on another note wow i didn't realize owen and his dad found storybook like right when it was first created i must have really spaced out and confused that episode with my uh my first watch i was much i was more interested in how creepy Regina was being in towards this child. Fair. I agree with both of those things. Henry, it, th- that is a, again, uh, it's not a deus ex machina kind of thing. It's it's a, it, but similar to that, it is a mechanic to drive what is necessary for the um, plot, for the storyline, right? Where sometimes a character plays dumb who you know is smarter than that. 
who all of a sudden goes, what's going on? Explain it to me. And you're like, that character would never say that. You need them to explain it so that the audience hears it, right? So this is the same thing. I think they need Henry to be, this is not because he's a child. It's because they need it to happen that way for the plot, which anytime that happens, that will always take you out of the magic of the reality of the story because it feels clunky. And then this thing with Owen, yeah, the whole episode, all we were thinking about is how weird Jane was being. So Uh, episode 18. Uh, first of all, I feel like Neil gets a pass on making Emma uncomfortable when it comes to his girlfriend. He doesn't really need to worry about making her comfortable because she dropped out of the sky with a kid she doesn't know about. He doesn't know about. His life just doesn't just stop. She's lucky he was only engaged and didn't have other kids and was married. That's also a possibility. Uh, second, Henry and Tamara, how they met. It's not like Tamara brought herself up like it would be a great story to tell Emma. As for Emma advising Neil to tell Tamara about fairy tales, I'm kind of wondering if it was subconscious sabotage. Emma advising Neil to – oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sure there's a little bit of that in there too. Like she knew from her own experience that Tamara would go running for the hills and then she'd be free of the pesky ex. But she's making it look like a woman. I mean I feel like that's a very soap opera-y realistic relationship, right? And you're like, well, does does she know you snore at night? Because I sure do. Like, it's, I it's don't – yeah. But I don't know if I give Neil a pass for – the whole um, making Eva uncomfortable thing because he left. Yes. They have history that they don't have closure from. This so bitch was in jail, yeah. pregnant. But we didn't know. Because him. you listened to a Pinocchio. <laughs> we didn't know why at the time, though. I know. I don't know. I think they're both wrong. I think I, Emma and Neil need to go to therapy together. Well, that's for sure. I think it's, I think it's, more of of a symptom of the way that they had to cleverly tell the storytelling so you would be revealed because these two characters in real life would have experienced time in a linear fashion we are experiencing the relaying of this these memories out of order so we're making judgments right so we just saw another guy leaving his pregnant wife to take the or girlfriend to take the fall right. but that's not actually what happened but like he actually, i also we, we have an issue with tamara I think my issue with Tamara is she's like, well, my Neil and blah, blah, blah. We've established a timeline where they got engaged within six months. Yeah, but we now know that Tamara is a scumbag. She's evil. Yeah. So so if, if, again, uh, those things were happening out of order. So to us, she was a normal person. Now that we know that she planned the whole thing, of course she's going to, you know what I mean? I don't remember. Do we find out how she got him to propose after six months? He's not exactly a get down on money within six months type of dude. Do I don't have a vivid memory of it, but I believe we do because we do go f- even further back in Tamara's history too. I think oh, we're about okay. to in the next couple episodes because don't oh. forget the whole the whole next season. Remember, gets into yeah. why they're there and how they do the. whole I'm just thing, now remember? thinking about the logistics of this and like getting married within six months. I'm not dogging it. I would have gotten married within six. Like I would have gotten engaged within six months of Bardas, but like Neil's just not the type to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, on to my next thing. I'm with you guys about Snow forgiving Geppetto, although I didn't see him. I didn't see it as them portraying a wild woman. I just forget. figured it was a stupid princess thing where they have to put others before themselves. Yeah, I buy that. Uh, I'm curious to understand how Emma could stand up for him. Uh, the man ruined your childhood. You could have had your mother. You were abandoned at prob- and probably abused in foster homes, and you have absolutely no rage. I think that's another thing where that rage would have been in the way of the story and that rage wouldn't have complemented any pieces of the story. So they dropped it off. I think they wouldn't have been able to reconcile that rage from her. It would have been in the way. So I do agree that that 
in real life, that would have been a real problem they would have had to deal with. And they had to skirt it because they didn't have enough time to like do that and then get out of it so that she could be available emotionally to be the Emma they need for the rest of the season. Especially, we have to figure out what her part is going to play in the next, I don't know, five or so episodes, right? Right. I would imagine that if, if we pay attention, she wouldn't have been emotionally available at that time for, or, or even for the way that she handled the Neil thing and the Tamara thing and Henry. I don't think she would have been in the – if she was angry like that, I don't think she would have been able to also be what we saw. You know? Yeah. Which I think that was more important because we need to drive forward to get to the story we're about to get to. Again, that's one of those things that like you're completely justified in in bumping on that, but that's one that's one of the things that makes it a TV we show. We need it to happen, life. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. stupid and annoying. It, it sucks. They're so good at so many other things that we kind of give them shit for it. When I they think don't they do stand it. out when yeah, it happens, they do because. It does all make sense until these like little moments happen and you're like, ah. Which is a little uh, bit of a testament yeah. to the good overall writing of the show, right? Yes. And, and that it's so good that when something slips up, we're like, you guys are better than that. Like, I think that's a that's a compliment. Yeah, actually. I think so, too. I think, yeah, you're like you said, it's a testament to how they actually do things. Like how solid it is already. Uh, she continues as a quote, like, Mom, what are you doing? He apologized. Uh, apologizing isn't enough for him or or for August. Which brings me to my second thing. August doing one selfless thing doesn't cut it for me, especially because it didn't even work. Agreed. He didn't warn anybody. Also agreed. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's what makes me dislike him most, that he gets this happy ending and a chance to start over as a little kid. The way I see it, other people who die later deserve a chance to be happy more than this jerk face. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my God, you get door-to-door delivery. Yeah, my phone died, so I had to text him on my computer and be like, oh, my phone died. can you please bring me a charger? <laughs> Uh, if anything, Emma deserves to relive the childhood you and your father stole from her. Also, kind of an interesting oh. idea. Again, we wouldn't have, we don't have enough episodes to actually go through that story, but that is a very intriguing idea that we could we could have spent a whole season instead of going to where we're about to go, d- doing a take two, which is something that they investigate further on. Not this, but like, you know, like this this multiverse idea that you would go and relive something as a different, you know, and and, and have it be a different outcome. Uh, but I, I think this would be the ultimate example of that, of letting Emma be a princess, you know? Right. The fact that he gets the sweet ending just, uh, I think they're the two I hate the most in the show because I have, we have like evil, evil, like Cora, but she's just plain evil. She's not one of the good guys doing a bad thing. She's just plain crazy and awful. And that's easier for me to swallow than these two, which we've said multiple times that the, yes. the standout evil is definitely easier to take. We are I completely wish- in agreement. She says, I wish they just killed August off. I guess I wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been the worst. It yeah, they killed the- Graham off like it was nothing. So, well, yeah. <laughs> he had to fulfill his contract, I guess. All right. And MVP for this episode goes to Emma. She apologized to Henry without a but once again and promised not to lie. And from what I remember, she does keep her promise not to lie to him for the most part. I mean, the way that normal people like conceal yes. information for healthy reasons, not just lying. Conceal, don't feel. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> i'm very sensitive to liars us too and one of the most annoying thing about parents to me has always been they teach you not to lie and yet they're all liars trauma i feel you <laughs> that's a know. very big thing in our house yeah it's and that's hard to to reconcile because there are things other than outward lying you know what i mean this continuously goes back to this like easter bunny and santa claus and all these other things that you're like there is no way to skirt around straight up lying to your children however that does not mean that is destructive to their personality and their upbringing it's not going to wreck them for life 
You know what I mean? No, like, but I do think our parents um, grew up in a time where they thought it would be better to keep things from their kids. And it turns just, out. No. Yeah. Or not even not, like not things, just or keep also things. lying. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Fabricate. But like, like if you get too close to the TV and you, your eyes are going to go cross. No one has ever said that in the history of anything. That's not a thing. Even stuff like financial problems, because then that leads sure. to people not even knowing how knowing, to. Yeah use money when you're older you know what i mean how to save how to credit like well, i am a victim of that yeah, i mean and it's definitely. not i'm not damning my parents for it and they now realize that they don't think that that was the best thing because yeah, yeah, yeah. it really does mess a lot up you know what i mean or like stupid stuff like that i, I think it is very good to be extremely as transparent as appropriate with your yeah. child and as is appropriate for each child too i think yes. because each child has a different a threshold for what they can take and you know what some kids can take more than other kids and if your kid can't take as much as you observing some other kid mind your business do what yeah. is good for your kid because somebody else's kid might have an environment and 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 experiences in their life that allow them to be able to deal with that you know unfortunately some kids lose siblings at a very young age lose parents at a very young age right mm -hmm. and then they grow up quicker and so when they you know get older they can kind of handle a little bit more than maybe you know your kid who has never experienced a traumatic thing like that or maybe no one in your family has died their entire childhood they don't know how to process that as opposed to somebody else who had a bunch of people and animals and pets and stuff die and they just figured out how to it's just it's different for every family yeah. So that whole lying thing, we're not talking about just like changing, you know, the absolute truth. Like, you know, your kid coming up to you and saying dragons are real and you're going, yep, you're right. Is not that's not lying. That's a different thing. We're, we're talking yeah. about about uh, ruling, not ruling, protecting out of fear. And creating yes. fabricated environments because you think that's better than giving your kid the chance to be able to process the truth their own way. And yep. that, that's really where, you know, lines, I think, be, begin to be drawn as parents of like, I think it's less about the lying aspect of it and more about treating your kid with respect and maturity, meaning you give them as much information as you can, as yes. they can handle so that they can learn how to process. And I think lying yes. is a part of uh, keeping that from them, you know, but parents, some of those parents, what she's referring to, I think teach that like lying is the ultimate utmost you know worst thing you could possibly do and never ever teach the context around how that works because it's yes. always black and white it's always you either tell the truth or nothing like that's not even how life works but that's what you teach them is that well when you lie you get in trouble immediately no questions asked and when they come and they say but here's the explanation say i don't care you're grounded you know what I mean? Like, that's a whole – and I, I do feel a lot of that parent trauma when they're talking about, like, Emma and Cora, and, you know, Emma with Snow and, like, Cora with Regina and, like, a lot of the way that this parenting is done that I think comes up a lot in this show. And I think it's – Yeah, and I think it's an important conversation well. to have. So yeah. they do a good parents, job at it. Not just parents. Grandparents. Uh, outside related people as well, you know, Regina not even being his birth mother but acting as a, you know, stand-in mother. Mm -hmm. Like, any parental – or uh, adult support figure, I think, is included, not just mom yeah. and dad, you know. And I think this show is so heavy on family that that becomes a really important thing, how mm -hmm. family supports each other. Um, I don't know why. I'm just triggered by the smallest little white lies. I do know why, because we are too. <laughs> we, it's it's the context, right? It's it's. I think it's the why it happened. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm done projecting my issues onto these episodes. <laughs> Thank God August gone, Paula. Uh, you are in good company. Don't worry. <laughs> don't, don't worry. 
We uh, we totally understand. We do. We really do. We're we're, we're coming from a very similar place that I think you are. So, uh, yes. Last but not least, we have uh, Paula apparently caught up on Lacey. So we got thoughts about this last episode that we did, which I am very eager to see what, <laughs> what it is here. All right, let's see. Well, you you take one. I'll take the other one. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't have it pulled up. I'll take the first one then. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Lacey. First of all, I find it kind of messed up and dismissive of David and Snow to act like leaving our world is no big deal for Emma. Thank you. Uh, him saying this world has been nothing but cruel to you bugged me. Bugged us too. I mean, yeah, it's true, but it's also like he wants to sweep it all under the rug and start over and look for her happy ending like she never had a past. Bingo, bango. That was the real thing, right? Like, yeah. that, Like the fact that you don't just erase everything that's happened to you in order to fix the future. And that is one fundamental problem I have with snow and charming is that they want to make the bad go away so bad. They want to just erase it from the world that they don't give the proper respect to what experiencing those bad things actually gives you as a person. It gives you strength. It gives you purpose. It, it teaches you, it galvanizes you. So if there, if there was none of those bad experiences for you to go through, and you just had a privileged life, you'd never learn that struggle. And that would never, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that I know a lot of, you know, we talk to parents who will be like, oh, I just want to keep every bad thing from happening to my kid. I don't. If no bad things ever happen to my kid. I don't want anything horrible and unreversible to happen to my kid, surely. But when a kid gets hurt, they learn how not to get hurt. When a kid does something and messes up and there's a consequence, they learn how not to do it again. They learn to be a better partner. They learn to be a better citizen of the world and community you know, participant. If they never learn those things, you end up with a rich, spoiled kid who thinks you that need the world revolves around them. You need lessons. You need lessons. Thank you. To learn how to survive, essentially. Like, if you are just spoon-fed and handed everything, it's not going to work. Yeah. And Emma's a grown adult. She doesn't need to learn any. I mean, everybody needs to learn more things, but she's not like a kid who's growing up. But yeah. I do think it, it removes a little bit of respect from all the stuff that Emma's been through to just say, all right, well, we're just going to go. Like, <laughs> I And I think they did it on purpose so that Emma would have a reason to have a conflict, right? To be like, I don't yeah. want to, and then they would fight. Um, I just think they could have let David have some more, a little bit more dialogue about being understanding. Yes. To that. And they didn't. They just skipped it and waited for Emma to pout, which is unfair to Emma, I think. Yeah. Con- continuing on. Uh, to be fair, that is kind of how you deal with bad stuff in fairytale land. They're used to fighting bad guys and coming out like it's no big deal and just moving on. I So I guess in his mind, a little child abuse and some far- foster homes is no big deal when you have a castle to move into along with some more danger and trauma, of course. She's really on the nose here. Yeah. Uh, he's even kind of convincing Snow to sweep what she did to Cora under the rug, see? Uh, I think it kind of shows again how little attachment David has to Emma because he's not really caring about what she went through. Snow did care, and she's only acting like this because she's going through her own stuff and she wants to escape. That's true. Uh, but David doesn't get that Emma's not a fairy tale person, even if she did come here. She grew up here. I don't know. It just bugs me. I don't think. Um, I, I don't think that it's that David doesn't have an attachment to Emma. I think, like I said before, that David doesn't have the approach to a problem to use the bad as ammunition to achieve good. He says, I want to touch it. Bad is gross. I want to get away from it. That's the, that's, right. that's his, his trauma is that he will never, and to a certain extent then, he doesn't always learn from the 
the bad parts of it, the the pain and the stress and the trauma and the anxiety and right. He wants to, he is repressing that. That's the charming snow thing that we're always like, oh, goody, they're so good all the time. They're just mm-hmm. so goody, goody. What that is, I think, personified is that they are repressing reality so that they yeah. can be like, nope, only good, only hope exists, only good things, only happiness. So, you know, if we're, if we just believe it'll be fine. And every time somebody's like, this is really dire and dark, they never go, you're right. It's dire and dark. And we're strong enough to get there. That's a leader. They go, it's not dark. No, it is dark. You don't just say it's not. Yes. And then convince people to pretend it's not there. They both do that a little bit of that. Snow, I think comes out of that more. Charming, I think is always like that. That's just, yeah. that's, that's charming. <laughs> so, I, I think we're in full agreement there. Yep. And then to Lacey, I hate Lacey so much. And you went into all of the reasons why, I, so I don't need to. But I did relate to her changing her order at Granny's. This is because I do this all the time. And yeah, it's a jerk move. But let me explain. First of all, I don't think it's a jerk move. Um, no, whenever I go out somewhere and people notice that I'm blind, they never ask me what I want. They always ask whoever I'm with, what does she want? I, I read this email before I'm reading it now on the air. And I was speechless when I read that. And my mom or whoever will always answer so as to not be rude, and it drives me bonkers, even if they'd obviously ordered something I'd love. So I will purposely switch my order to something else to show that I can take care of my own order. So it's a huge pet peeve of mine when people just order for others, and that's what Rumpel did to Lacey. So I'd actually appreciate it that she'd switched it up, even if it wasn't for the same reasons I would. That being said, I'd have probably spent the rest of the night hating myself because I'd have preferred the burger Rumpel wanted to order for me, but I'd have too much pride to admit it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I can say about stupid Lacey Paola. 100%. That's, less, that's less words than I thought uh, uh, you would say about it, but I, I am I cannot express how happy I am that you said what you said, Paola, because I don't know if people really realize how much Isla and I project our own experiences on our reactions to the show. And we even get dogged in Discord because we have hot takes on stuff because we experience or are experiencing things in our lives that make it make us twitch. And it's not even how like other people are like, what are you talking about? Because that's not even their experience, right? But I love that we have someone that's not the two of us that also projects their own like putting themselves in this position and how they experience life and then going, I would do the same thing. Cause I hated this moment because Lacey was being a jerk, but I really do see this side of the coin of being on that side and having someone kind of, uh, push their power on you. Right. Or, or like, or, or, or like she said, in this case, having a waitress or someone, that's a little bit, that's a, that's a disrespectful gesture to kind of ignore their presence there. Right. That, so like, I don't necessarily think I, and she, she even acknowledged that like this is not the same reason. This is not for for pride no, stuff. But, but still, watching it back, I can hear a man going, "And the lady will have perhaps yeah. a salad," and you go, um, "I'm gonna actually have the fillet, thank you." Uh, I mean, I, there is such a like what chivalry actually is. I think is really an attitude. It's not the act, right? So it's like, like, like I can see in a world where opening a door for someone can be perceived as I can open my own doors. I don't need you to come from to my rescue. Whereas in a lot of ways, that is a a nice, like you are respecting me enough to elevate me above your station. Both sides, there's no wrong, right? It depends on the person who you're doing it to. But I think in any situation, somebody ordering for you without checking with you is rude. Definitely. You could say, hey, I see that they have French onion soup in the menu. Is that what you're going to get? You know what? Now that you mentioned that, we didn't. I 
have never seen a situation where it has been in any level of respect that somebody orders for somebody on somebody's behalf. I think I think you you hit something there that we didn't see that they had a conversation before. Because Taryn and I order for each other all the time, randomly, right? Like if we talk, we, but we will have talked the entire time. What do you want? What do I want? We should want to share something, whatever. And then just to save time, we'll be like, oh, I'm having this and she's having that because we oh, already came to an agreement. Yes, that that is a whole thing. That, yeah, yeah. Yes, I will order for the entire table. I will order, Bart will order for right. me. You know what I mean? But like right. there is a whole conversation that goes into like who is ordering what. Making sure. Harper that, is yeah. three and I don't order for her. She tells me what she wants. Right. Right. I'm not going to go, oh, you know what? She's going to have a grilled cheese. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. like she'll have a grilled cheese. And then she'll pipe up and go, no, I actually want the mac and cheese. That's not that's not fair to yeah. anyone. Yeah, She's a yeah. human being Including with her child. own opinion. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. So to infantize an adult. I mean, you're right. To a certain degree, yeah. I mean, it, it does. It, uh, for it, Belle, for Paola, for somebody to just go, oh, what does she want? You Yeah, like talk. she's a child. Yeah, I'm going to <laughs> I can. I can speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're both right. I, 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 the actual point that, that you're bringing up about this, I think I've turned, turned, turned the corner on because I was so blinded by, I know that Lacey and Emily DeRaven and the script and the writers, right, are all trying to say, Lacey's a dick. I want everyone to know Lacey's a dick. Oh, she's just right. a dick again. Oh, she's a dick. And I was picking up on that so hard that it was that every instance of it was bothering me. And this isolated by itself was still wrong, even though it was a part of that ploy to be like, see, she's a badass. I'm like, no, she's not. She's an asshole. But he, I think, okay, if this one moment was he said, what do you think you want? And they had a conversation about it. And then when the waitress came up and she said, I want a water and look down. And in that empty gap, he said, well, I'll have this and she'll have that. That to me would have felt like a chivalrous guy trying to like provide, right? And like be nice. But we didn't see that conversation. We didn't see any of that respect given back and forth. So there's a little bit of, and I, I personally take that as Rumpel's not good at this. He does know how to be chivalrous, He do, but he's not like the gentleman's gentleman, perfect, you know, prince. No, so, so he would have thought, oh, this is going to be a great gesture. And like, no, homie, that's not how to do that. Right. So I but I can see his his intention behind that was to because it didn't sound to me like in that conversation, his intention was to be like, I'm going to muscle you into loving me. I don't think that's what that was. I think no. that was him just trying to figure out how to be nice. And he doesn't know how to do it because he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a jerk, too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just didn't. I still I get really triggered by that. Yeah, again, again, that's and, a and, personal projection. And that's and that's I think the, a lot of women have that personal projection. <laughs> I'm so. like every woman I've ever met for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think the underlying thing in this point, Paula, that projecting your own experiences on it, either as a woman or, you know, someone with this very particular case where you, you, you'll have someone, you know, assistant or something like that with you or or someone, you know, people who are deaf with interpreters. That's another big thing, because I know a, a lot of deaf people and some of them have interpreters. And it's a big thing about whether or not you look the interpreter in the eye when you're talking or whether you're talking to the interpreter. And that's that's very rude in the culture of deaf people. You address the person yourself. And this is just a voice box, right? This is a this person, in fact, when they're working, is not even a person person yeah right and and very famously a lot of celebrities uh uh i forget her name a madly uh martin oh God, uh maddie martin i forget her name famous 
uh, deaf actress, has been for many, many years, amazing woman, many, many interviews. Her interpreter has been her interpreter her whole life. And when they go to interviews and stuff, they have kind of a shorthand with each other where yeah. he will speak as himself and declare that in the conversation, right? And they have a little kind of back. And then she will be talking to him, tell them this thing, and then that, right? Because because they have yeah. that. But these cases where you're like ignoring a person with a quote unquote disability, like because they are missing something doesn't even automatically mean that they are disabled. They can still do things themselves. They need a little bit more help than you do. That doesn't mean that they are incapable, right? And no. that's kind of the point is like, I'm not incapable of ordering for myself. I'm not like a lep, I'm not a limp. I'm not, I can use my hands and, and like, I'm not a mute. I'm right. It's. I use an interpreter service every day at work. Oh, um To talk to, yeah, to talk to insureds and claimants, you know, about everything. Not everybody speaks English. Mm, you right. do not talk to the interpreter. And you don't say I will say person, tell them this. no no I don't oh can no. you please tell Chris this you go Chris what happened are you okay were you injured at all in this accident right right and the interpreter will then proceed to say that in the language like you that's like respect like basic human that's basic respect. respect yeah I don't think it's any different to order for a woman when she is capable I think it's I yeah. think it's an indication of you're not capable so I'll do it yeah even if the intention is wrong yeah but Thank you for projecting because we are infamous projectors. So thank you for being in our club. <laughs> of thank you who, for being a friend. Who, who can, uh, thank you for being a friend. Uh, of people who cannot separate our own lives from what we are watching and experiencing. We don't have to. This is our podcast. You are in good company. Yes. And neither do you, Paula. Thank you for sharing. Because that's a really vulnerable thing to share with strangers. And I yeah. appreciate that you've kind of, you know, went on a limb and, and shared that with us. So thank you again. Okay. So let's address this, I think, because I think we're done with emails, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we are clearly wearing different clothes. It is a different day now. <laughs> We just kind of we kind of blew by it, but hey, we're only bringing that up because since we recorded the first part, um, shout out to Spotify Video if you'd like to see what our new clothes are because the audio people have no idea. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> oh we 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 gave ourselves away since we didn't finish recording or uh, since the last time we recorded, we got another voicemail and we're not out of Storybook Daily Mirror yet, so we decided to squeeze the voicemail Let's play in. It. So why not? Uh, so here we go. A voicemail from uh, Addison. Let's make sure this is playing in the right place. And here we go. I missed the button. <laughs> there we go. Hey, y'all. This is Addison or Addy from Discord. Um, I'm also from Texas. Um, first of all, I didn't realize how cute the little voicemail message was. Um, but I'm not even fully through listening to the lengthy episode. But we've been talking on Discord about the issues that a lot of people have with Belle's character. And I just got to say, like, if we look at the Beauty and the Beast fairy tale, and especially the Disney version, I think that they really did themselves a disservice in Once Upon a Time actually taking Belle from the screen into a real-life person, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Because... It does. Once Upon a Time, Belle is just very sweet, and she's smart, but she's entirely focused on as a character, kind of just around what she brings to Rumpelstiltskin's character. She's only there as this kind of, like, moral center... And that kind of push and pull, we never see her in at least Storybrooke have a storyline 
outside of her relationship with Rumpelstiltskin, really. We don't. Even when um, things happen later and they're not on great terms, I'm trying to be as like non-spoilery as possible, <laughs> it's you. still all about Rumpel. It's all about Mr. Gold. Um, and I think that that's just a real big disservice because Belle is one of Disney's best written Disney princesses, especially from the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. movie was the entire reason that we have a best animated film at the Oscars. Yep. And I think that they really decided just to take the idea of she's sweet and she's smart and not the idea that Belle has a temper. Like, in the film, we see her going toe-to-toe and yelling at the beast Yep. whenever he crosses a line with her. OUAT Belle would never do that. And I just, it makes me very, very sad because I think she really could have been one of these great, great characters, kind of like with what we see as Ruby. But mm. they just decided to make her pretty much a sexy lamp for <laughs> Red Bull to just have all it's of like the perfect description moralistic yeah. issues with, if that makes any sense. Um, it does. Yeah, but I just wanted to say that. Um, thanks for doing this show and for making this great community. I will talk to y'all on the Discord very soon. Thank you, Addison, for oh my being gosh, a part thank of that community. You. She is 100% right. Yeah. Belle is like one of the last princesses that I would pin as a damsel in distress. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's the polar opposite of that, actually. And they just completely made her a helpless sheep. Yeah. She did. They, they did. They Except this one terrible version. Like Lacey is like the one, and like that's what we get. We but get a shitty version but we of don't an need asshole. That. We don't, yeah, no, we we the thing is, Belle was not an asshole. Belle is uh, was an activist. Belle was yeah. somebody. It's interesting because we, full disclosure, have not watched the live action version of Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson. Um, what do you? What you've never seen it? Not all the way through. We watched this. So when a bunch of those live action ones came out, we watched a bunch of them and we never we like watched the first part and couldn't get like attached to it yet with some exceptions, Cinderella and Maleficent to a certain degree. Um, So we never we watched the beginning and never finished and then never kind of had a motivation to go back. And we just said last night, like we should we need to go back and like fill in the gaps because we never finished Jungle Book. We never finished that one. We never finished Lion King. I Um, watched Beauty and the Beast four times in the movie. theater. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about on the show, like I I was that is Isla's favorite. Uh, it's my live favorite action. live action. Yeah. I love it so fucking much. But I do. I did do some press on that show. I did like some, you know, behind the scenes, uh, like featurettes and things, right? That I edited together. And they yeah. did talk about the fact that they took a little bit of a different spin with Belle because Maurice is kind of the inventor that we know. He's the kind of brainchild of everything, right? And she's just like kind of a little bit in her own world, and and she's in this land of imagination and fantasy well in the live action correct me if i'm wrong she is kind of the one with the wits right she is kind of this the the more collected and calculated one which gives her more strength same as the animated version it gives her strength that she could be prisoner and still defend herself and still have boundaries and still have Mm -hmm. have you know an expectation of courtesy and and right even with with someone who's essentially kidnapped her um and honestly Belle was never really a prisoner. No, yeah. I mean, she, she could have walked out the door at any point in time. Yeah. It was her it was her promise. She made that promise. I want to keep my dad yeah. safe. And this like I you can hate 
Emma Watson singing. You can think that it wasn't good. But I don't like, think it's relevant, really. <laughs> she was an incredible Belle. Yeah, because she's a great actress. She That's was a really great role model for kids. Yes, like, that is a super this important Belle? part. No. Yeah, that's an, nah. that's, a, that's a great point. Like, would you, if you put these bells next to each other and so the animated bell, would you want your daughter to be like that? Not there. Yes, there are some toxic, weird things about it, right? I'm talking about the character as a whole who oh my stood God, yeah. up for what I'm, they We're not in. like a diagnosing Stockholm syndrome no, 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 right no, no, now, but like, that. but like the way that she was courteous to these the the, the enchanted you know creatures in the in the castle, the way she was with Beast, the way she was even with Gaston that she could have told to f off the whole time and was still trying to be right. The way that Defended she defended the problems. Beast when everybody hated him, like that is somebody that I would want Harper to look up to, just like how. Right now, Harper's role model is Luisa from Encanto. Oh, God, that's an amazing. She thinks that, I I agree, I agree, but like, those are the kind of women that I want her to look up to. This Belle does not feel like someone I would want my kid to be like, yeah, you should be like this. This is someone you should pay attention, you know what I mean? It's very, I don't know, it feels a little shallow, I feel, right? She's a sexy lamp. Oh, sexy lamp is... That Addison's image of her is spot on. That's going to be our nickname for her from now on. Sexy Lamp Bell. That's it. I decided. I like it. She's the leg. Addison, excellent discourse. Excellent conversation that you started. Thank you so much again. Please call back anytime. Uh, And also thank you for bringing in some of those voices from the Discord as well. Because we saw those conversations going on in the Discord. And we appreciate you bringing them into the... uh, the larger podcast yes. so that we can talk about it. Uh, how do we do the show again? Oh, yes. We're done with our entries, but we did want to, before we close out the story with Daily Mirror, talk about a... We love our milestones on this show like we talk about all the time. Uh, and we hit a milestone on one of our social medias. Would you like to... Hold on. I got this. You ready? Would you like to share the news of uh, one of our followings? You ready? Here we go. Yeah. I don't know how this happened, where it came from, but we hit over 100 followers on Instagram. 104 followers as of today. As of, right? We also got, like, three people joining the Discord this week. Like, it was just, everybody was showing up. Not sure why, especially after Lacey. But, like, right. we're happy you're here. Yeah. So, is... if you have not followed us on Instagram, I am going to now, once again, shamelessly plug that we have an Instagram. And it is the SBC pod. The SBC, Instagram.com slash the SBC pod. Um, we admittedly had dropped off a little bit on posting because um, we used to post every time we had a an episode release. Uh, so, But as we all know, Instagram algorithm blows also, anyway. Yeah. And, and honestly, stories we, are where it's at. We put stories up. Yeah. We, we try to just kind of, you know, have a little bit of conversation with people on there. But we will we will try to put some more posts up as well in the new year. But thank you to 104 people who are following this show yeah. on Instagram alone. We appreciate each and every one of you. And that is the Storybook Daily Mirror. All right. Wow, we are we are back to running a little back to our normal running long selves. <laughs> We had a lot of stuff to talk about in the story of Daily Mirror. I know. Which we wow. did not expect, and we love it every time it happens. Um, so, show pre-show, which we do not have a bumper for yet, coming soon. Uh, season 2, episode 20 is what we're talking about today. The Evil Queen is the name of the episode. It is... Take Tell a us who the character backstory wild is. Wild guess Becky. who the character backstory is. No idea. Probably the sexy lamp. The Evil Queen. Yay. Wow. <laughs> we're so good. So, this is... I hate always always going back to this, but I always go back to that Star Trek 
podcast, right? I don't know if I, I told you that I might've mentioned it on the air before they do a, a segment that someone uh, wrote into and said, you should um, ask Matt, one of the co-hosts, uh, if this episode is worth watching and and he was like yeah but we're doing oh, like and a, it always is right yeah we're like we're doing a full watch yeah. through. like why would you just skip one random episode but like yeah but sometimes some are boring and whatever so someone actually sent in a sound effect of a drum roll and like this vo guy going matt would would you recommend this episode for people to watch whatever and he and there's a big drum roll and then he waits and every time he goes I mean, yeah. And then it goes, which is kind of where my drum roll and my sit-off came from. Yeah. Uh, and that is very much <laughs> what both of these moments remind me of. of it's like very obvious, like uh, any of these wiki notes, like some of these things are a little bit like on the nose or like mm-hmm. the Rumple character comes from the story Rumpelstiltskin where he, yeah, we know. <laughs> we got we it. are we aware. To, Thank you so much. I don't need to talk about that. Um, all right. So this episode was released on April 28th. 2013, which is, yay, I was anniversary. Not on 2013, but the date. Not in 2013. I was a senior in high school at the time. Which is awesome because we had an episode release on my birthday and your anniversary. And like you said, we love our milestones. Written by Jane Espenson and Kristen Boylan. Christine? Is that Christine? I think that's Christine. Christine. Jane Espenson back. Let's give a little shout out there. Girlfriend, you have some work to do, so let's hope you showed up this week. You do have some work to do. This is, yeah, we, we got Jane, it. please bring us back. I, I really want to see now. I want to pay close attention to this writing and see if I know we notice it. Because um, we had this theory about Edward and Adam, and maybe the ones that they write are a little like, oh, I don't Listen, know. Listen, I don't I think it's a little bit more than a theory at this point. Well, but, but we'll I'm wondering, see. is it because they are bad writers, or is it because as executive producers and all this other stuff, they, they literally the don't have episodes? time to write the show? Like, how would they have time for all that? And do all the other stuff, you know? So they just phone it in because they can't. They, they can't, you know, do anything else. Uh, it's directed by Gwyneth Horder Payton, a name I do not recognize but, thought uh, it was Gwyneth Paltrow for a second. <laughs> uh, I don't feel like looking back to see if she did anything else because the director doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> 7.37 million was last week. We are now dropping to a 7.16. We're seeing a little bit of a, of a decline here. I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, synopsis. With the aid of Hook. Hook's back, as we remember, from the... I forget Preview. what they call it. The No, it's the... Um, is it the preview? I thought we no. I thought we saw him before the credits were over because the package or whatever. There, oh yeah, that's called that something. end scene. So the the beginning of a show before the title card is called a trailer, like in okay. in in television organization yeah. terms. When you come back from from uh, so sometimes there's a teaser. And then sometimes there's a trailer, which is like a teaser is a very, very short one, just to remind you of whatever's going on. Not not a last time on, but like a little just short one. Trailer is like a full thing before the card. Yeah. After the card is act one, and then between every commercial break, so that's act one, then act two, then act three. Some shows have act four. And then there's an ending wrap up. Like once the story is all buttoned up and we're good with the main plot, sometimes they add a little thing at the end, which we would associate with like the after credit scene. But they don't actually do it after the credits in television because it works differently. They do it before the credits, but it's called like trailer. It's called something on the outro where they set up the next episode and just leave it hanging. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so that's whatever that is. I'll, I'll get it for next week. Um, we did see Hook was in the back of the truck. And Tamara opened it up and they were like, oh, he's going to, you know, he's like, where am I? Um, So with the aid of Hook, Regina attempts to put a plan in motion that will help transport herself and Henry back to fairytale. So Regina found the beans. Remember that? 
She didn't do anything yes. with them yet. She just found them. So I'm clearly this plan, I'm sure, involves them getting a bean and going on their own. But their plan revolves around a fail safe that was planted within the curse, which if triggered could wipe Storybrooke off the map completely. Let's throw that in there. <laughs> Holy okay. moly. And kill all of its inhabitants. This feels oh. very lost. It feels very donkey wheel. Doesn't it feel right? It feels yeah. like the like they all of a sudden throw in a mechanic where like, and also everyone could die. But whatever. By the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Emma's suspicions about Tamara grow. I mean, duh. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, the evil queen asks Rumpelstiltskin to transform her into an unrecognizable peasant in order to kill an unsuspecting Snow White, a story we are, of course, very familiar with. With the twisted aim of earning the love and respect of her subjects. What we didn't know about that story is that she turned into this old hag to go poison her, not just to kill her, but so that she could replace her and take because she just wanted the Because she wouldn't be the villain in that situation exactly. if the old hag killed her. Exactly. Which you don't really think about when you're a kid. I kind of am just like, oh, she's doing this, so it's easy. But it's really so she can have all the power. So, yeah, so it's not her, yeah. And I think at that time, Snow would have seen her coming, right? It wasn't, wasn't she aware that the evil queen was coming after? I don't remember. Yeah. I, or something like that. Anyway. No, she was on the run. Because yeah, remember yeah. the huntsman. Um, yeah, so she knew. Remember the huntsman was like, I'm actually supposed to kill you, but I'm not going to do that. So Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Bye. Uh, okay, so now we will talk about production notes. So production notes is when we talk about behind the scenes things and the way that the uh, episode is shot and some trivia, etc., etc. So the first uh, that we have here, of course, is always the what appears in the title card, which this week is the Evil Queen's Palace. And I kind of wonder, would we be able to recognize it? For, like, if we didn't know that, would we would we see that? Me? And, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious. A castle is a castle. Sorry. Right. And and would we see castle and like assume maybe it's Regina's? I don't know. We'll see if that comes up. And then we have Hook's pronounced limp, a result of the events of The Outsider, is due to Colin O'Donoghue breaking his leg. I love that they worked it into the character. Why are every everyone on set is a klutz? Right. Really? Yeah. Snow's broken stuff. Guinea good Hook, can't figure uh, her shit out. Emma, Colin O'Donoghue can't figure her shit out. Emma's constantly yeah, hitting herself. Yeah, she like broke her hand or something. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, in return for changing her appearance, Rumpelstiltskin asked the evil queen to cut off all trade with King George's realm. Interesting point, because that results when in the kingdom's financial troubles, when we get to Tiny, which was they reference it in Tiny. But really, when we see it for real is the shepherd. Right. Mm -hmm. When like King George's that's the whole point that King George's kingdom was on the verge of bankruptcy and it was all this stuff. And they had to get uh, David as the shepherd to come in and be the big hero so that they can you know establish an alliance. And well, apparently we're now seeing why the realm was in trouble in the first place and that's the kind of backstory stuff that i really like the tie-in to because it it's something that's not super direct right like what mm-hmm. happened to frederick we remember that one throwaway line where he was just like don't forget what happened to frederick when he touched it and he turned into gold right and now we meet him and find out who he is you might not even remember that unless you did a right. research or something so this i i wonder if how heavy-handed they'll make it if they actually try to make you like how they would go about making you remember this is something you already know about and then we have henry's new operation so we're saying goodbye to operation cobra because they broke the curse um for keeping storybrooke secret is operation praying mantis which was a u.s army attack on iran in 1988 so not great but great news is that we get to drink every time he says oh yeah since we are retiring so we're gonna pour one out for operation cobra (laughs) Definitely. And we're going to say hello to Operation Praying Mantis. And uh, 
the fact that it was an actual operation, interesting, but the fact that it was an operation in 1988, considering when did they come to Storybrooke? Wasn't in it, the 80s, it, but when was is it? Is it 89-ish? I don't know. We'll see, because that that or was it eighty eight? You know, I, I wonder if there's some rev- you know relevancy to the actual year. And then uh, I'm gonna take the next. Yeah, one. you are. I got you. Here you go. We have some brand info. Neil and Tamara's room at the inn has Rose Trail Cottage Prints VC five zero one zero five wallpaper from WallQuest. <laughs> it does not say. No longer available. Does that mean you can give someone that number and just get that print? <laughs> Possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, and last but not least, we have a goof. When Hook is speaking to Regina in her office, the back of his ear is very clearly visible, uh, revealing that his earring is a clip-on. I don't think that's like world-breaking, <laughs> but I, it is cool that you can kind of see a little bit of fake yeah. stuff every once in a while because... Usually they're pretty good about that, but they can't, especially with television, they can't cover everything. Um, the next segment that we have, oh, interesting, I missed a little spot here, uh, is called What's in the Hatch? For those eagle-eared, I suppose. I guess eagles don't really, never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, you would recognize that that sound is the sound uh, from Lost, What's in the Hatch? is our segment dedicated to Easter eggs that are references to the other show that Edward and Adam worked on, which was Lost, also for ABC. This m- week is no different like any other week, referencing the stupid Lost numbers again, that Neil and Tamara's room number at Granny's Bed and Breakfast is eight, which is the second Lost number, which almost has me convinced that all of the uh, rooms at Granny's Bed and Breakfast are just the num- the Lost numbers. They don't even go in order. Probably. They're just Probably four, not. eight, and like, why is 15 after eight? And like, just, just go in it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so... Maybe if we remember that the stupid number is eight, we'll push the button, but probably not. Uh, so <laughs> just, we're just being realistic expectations here. Yeah. Uh, so now we can watch the episode. So features of our watch party include the drinking game bell that I just played. So we play a little drinking game. Uh, as Isla mentioned, we can drink now for Operation Praying Mantis and the hundred times Henry's going to say it, uh, as well as some other random things that we call out during the show when people use magic and say certain things, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we also have uh, a, a sound that I play to let you know that we are playing and pausing the episode, which sounds like this. So if you hear that, then uh, you know if you are uh, watching the episode along with us that you can play and pause along with us and sync it together. Hopefully that works out for you. Uh, And then if we are going to rewind for some reason because we uh, have talked over it or we need to go back and reinvestigate something, then you will possibly hear a very familiar friend uh, and voice of the podcast. It's rewind time. That's right, you uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fans out there. We have Will Smith, everyone, who (laughs) donated his time from his busy day to be here for the SBC. As being Will Smith, so he could do this. So he could could just tell us that it's rewind time. I can't wait for someone to be like, do you really know Will Smith? (laughs) Yeah, we're close friends. I said familiar voice of the pod. Uh, So before we hit play... We're going to leave a little uh, a little something in your ear and in your memories and your mind to look out for, which is the uh, titular line of the episode, which is the evil queen, which I don't know how, like, they're going to say the evil queen a hundred times, but this is the one they that they called out. Spot. Yeah. That is the uh, reference to the episode. This week it is 
The queen is dead. Long live the evil queen. Can we agree this is Regina, I believe? Could be Snow. Actually, it doesn't necessarily have to be Regina. I feel like it's something Regina would say about herself because she's crazy. But, like, it could be someone else. I don't know. It could be someone else being like, oh, no, she's gone over to the dark side. And you're, like, commenting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a vote on this one yet. What are your bets out there? Screen them into your radio. Please don't crash your cars. But pretend we can hear you. I mean, we can't hear you. It's magic, right? The queen is dead. Long live the evil queen. That will be our chug moment uh, for the drinking game. So we will play a bunch of crazy sounds and that'll be our our big celebratory moment of the watch party. So without further ado, we can watch the show. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Previously on Once Upon a Time. Someone killed him to stop him from telling us something. You want to use the beans to go back to the enchanted forest. We can start over, Emma. You're hiding something going to find out that you were able to get the package she right? did it's right outside town the stupid package thing i with the lights still hate it i hated that yeah a lot i spent enough time below deck to not be afraid of the dark so if this is your idea of torture well it's gonna have to try a little harder torture you no we just want to offer you a job and then you gotta let me go <laughs> oh i'm sorry I already did that last job. I killed Rumpelstiltskin. I'm sated, replete. My life's purpose met. I wish I could have been there. See you stab the dark one. Maybe well, not so cocky, Hook. All right, you're coming in real heavy. Like, right. <laughs> I don't think so. Take a look. This is giving Lemony Snicket. Vibes, I, right I guess, first of all, yeah, I guess that was the clip-on part of his earring there. You can see the back. Oh, uh, okay. He's alive. Also, these two being intimidating, I don't buy it. It's, it's terrible. A, it's a joke. They look like bumbling fools. Yeah, they look like uh, the two guys from uh, 101 Dalmatians. The Home He's Alone burglars. Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <it's> Whatever. <laughs> I will indeed. Not unless we help you. How can you help me? We know how to kill magical creatures. Shut up. (laughs) This is like really embarrassing. I need you to help me find someone. My father. He's even even dressed like a chimney sweeper. (laughs) A long time ago. Why the bloody hell do you think I'll be able to help you find your father? Because you know the woman that took him. Regina. Do we have a deal? I still don't get why they wouldn't hook up with the good guys for this. Yeah, it seems stupid. Like they already, she already has natural enemies. It seems like Hook's dumb. been here for like two seconds. He doesn't uh, really have a lay of the land of Storybrooke. No. That was the castle, by the way, and it was like tucked into the corner. So the answer was a resounding no. We would never have recognized that. Ah, <laughs> uh, fire fit, Regina. Oh yeah, this fit. We are has... in the Enchanted Forest, by the way, everyone. Yeah, we're in the Enchanted, and this is like velvet. It's like red velvet, yes. I think. Incredible. Like a crimson. Yeah, very much so. Red apples, I get it. It's up to your majesty. Thank you, Berkeley. I can see that. Snow White was hiding Berkeley? here. Berkeley? Okay. Now she's gone. <laughs> Someone must have tipped her off and she ran. Fan out and bring me the villagers. She has a little bit of a general's hat kind of thing going on, too. Yeah. It's not quite, but it feels a little bit more military, I think, than... 
normal. The whole outfit feels very military. It does, yeah. It feels like the general. Like a general, yeah. yeah. Snow White has betrayed you. She poisoned her own father. My dear husband. This is quite the stretch. Your benevolent king. <laughs> yeah. So she can try to ascend the throne herself. She even now stalks the outer villages. Bandit. Murderer. And traitor. Information leading to Snow's capture will be richly rewarded. No one? Not one of you wants gold? No? You're telling me she lived here and not one of you saw her. That is not what they're saying. <clears throat> what shall we do now, your majesty? Kill them all. I... No mercy. I mean, I was going to say, it's, it's pretty clear. Seems like a dumb question, Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very classic main sea force. fisherman right now. Yeah, he's in like a yellow, <laughs> big yellow fisherman hat. <laughs> he looks like Popeye. <laughs> what if... These two. With their blank. Henry won't like it. She is his mother, despite all the horrors. Oh, they're talking about bringing Regina back to the Enchanted Forest. We'll continue. Thank you to Mary Margaret for identifying Regina as his mother. Yeah, true. What do we do? Mom and Dad deciding the fate of the town. Under a blanket. Instead of a second chance, <laughs> drinking hot cocoa. Come back. Live out her days in Rumpel's cell. Okay. Sure. Oh, the weird Popeye fisherman. And, like, what a conversation to be having in front of this random stranger. I don't think so. In public in general. Yeah. Hold on. We're back in the castle. Who cares? Uh, Did we already establish that they know that people can shapeshift or no? Because um, Cora clearly. I'm framed. trying to think of that time that Regina came to apologize to Snow, but it was actually Cora. Right. And I don't know if that ever came out or if that's one of those I know something you don't situations. Oh my God. Okay. We got a new sound effect that we can use now because she cued me. Are you ready? I know something you don't. I know something you will never know. <laughs> or even this. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> Don't worry about who it is. <laughs> um, so I don't... Somebody correct us. Uh, did we establish if we know from being right. a watcher or... Yeah, I mean, obviously we know that people can, but do the characters in Storybook know that right. shape-shifting is a thing that they should look out for? Therefore, yeah. because I, I would think they would be like, hey, maybe we don't have this conversation here in front of this guy because this guy might not be this guy. That would be a great dynamic to like add to the characters if they had... Made it so that the characters knew that they would look over at this fisherman and be like, maybe we should like go home for this. Yeah. You know, and it's would... not even like they were just talking shit. Right. Like, oh my God, Regina is the worst, blah, blah, blah. They They're were like, like coming up with a really <laughs> solid plan to like remove her from Henry's life Amazing. in front of a sea fisher. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot. They're getting real sloppy, the good guys. And it's getting really hard to keep on backing them up as this progresses. Yeah, that did seem like a little, a little weird. Well, gives your cheeks a nice rosy color. I don't understand them. I offer these peasants a fortune, and still they protect Snow White. Why are they loyal to her and not me? I am their queen. 
You did just slaughter an entire village. Maybe that's oh, why they so call you Evil okay. Queen. But I am not <laughs> evil. They call me that because of Regina. her. She's the evil one. They're her people, dearie. You're going to have to be content with the fear. Dearie. They'll never oh, yeah. love you. Yes, they dearie. will. When she is gone, when Snow is dead, then they will see my kindness. Uh, through the charred remains of their homes, yes. Uh, I, I'm sure that will be perfectly clear. But in time, it well, will that be. Scottish coming through. Her death will allow it. Black I'm pants also. She's her. giving very ringleader Apparently vibes. I have to do it myself. Oh. Well, in that outfit, finding her should be easy. Hey, Rumpel agrees with you. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, I really wish that I had the greatest showman. Like, whoa. And that's Jump. it. Yeah. <laughs> we just keep playing. <laughs> Teach me my mother's shape-shifting spell. Allow me to hide. Oh, she didn't it know it before. It took your mother months to learn that. You. Ah. Well, perhaps in a week you'll be able to uh, change your hair. I love the digs. Yeah. Maybe if I can't He's do like, a spell, girl, you can. You're not that Put good. Put it on me. <laughs> if I do, you won't control it. And you won't have any magic while the spell is working. Ooh, that's Ooh. a shitty deal. I don't need magic. As long as I can get close enough to snap her neck with my bare hands. I mean, you could I kill her other ways then. Once <laughs> the deed is done, determined. call upon the The eye can return you to your regal self. Hold on. What's the price? Yeah. Well, matter of state. I need you to cut off all trade with King George's realm. King George, why? Okay. I need him bankrupt. What's it to you? Hey, fine, fine. Just do it. Time is of the essence. I think the fatal flaw in these characters that like do deals like that is that they don't care why. Yeah. I don't feel any different. Other than these ghastly rags. This is what the world will see. So we've already seen her as this old hack, haven't we? In a previous episode? Excellent. Have we? Yeah, because remember we that said as regal as a potato. She's gorgeous. What? Hold on. I yeah. I'm sorry. <sighs> Hold the fuck up. That is like a cute 19 year old TikToker. That is not an old hag. This is ridiculous. We are rewinding. 30 seconds. This is what the world will see. Adorable. Excellent. What? Why couldn't we have, like, given an ode to the classic Snow White? A queen striding amongst peasants might not like what (sighs) He said dearie, but I don't care. (laughs) Won't matter. Like, you put Belle in an on-the-nose yellow dress, but you can't make her look like an old man. She just looks like a younger version of herself. I had a lot of Yeah, this is dumb. Good morning, Henry. I also think it's a little bit shaming that this, like, normal-looking teenage girl, she's, like, as regal as a potato, this ugly bitch. But you know what? Like, it's what? funny you say that. Because when did this come out? 2013. Early 2000s up until, like, honestly, as early as, like, maybe two years ago, that was, like, the, the thing with Hollywood. And, you know, you had to be prettier. You had to oh, be skinnier. Oh, like, shaming people wasn't a, a If you looked even, like, a tiny bit... Average normal, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for making normal gross. I appreciate and that. And like, I, 
I am a you know I am a fan of the Kardashians. I think like I do not think that they're dumb people whatsoever. But this is like very Kardashian era, hmm. where yeah. if you weren't getting surgery, you were not hmm. it. So I feel like that's a product of this is a product right. of that. I buy that. I still hate it, but I buy that. I hate it so much, no, but it's really I, that's my reason. That's what even, I think they reason behind. There it. wasn't even any part of her that was ugly. Not even a little. No, she didn't have zits. The, she didn't have just like, the outfit. Yeah. She didn't have acne. She didn't have scars. She didn't have not. Okay. First of all, let's just the things that make someone ugly. Let's just let's that's a, already a bit of a weird taboo thing, right? Because just because you have pimples on your face, yep. doesn't mean you are naturally ugly, but this girl was also devoid of imperfections aside from the fact that her hair wasn't done. Like she looked like a child. She was a teenager. Teenager skin is flawless. Like, yeah, she just didn't have makeup on. Is that what makes her ugly? Yeah. Come on. She looked like, uh, what the hell is that girl's name? Uh, spy kids. No. Um, she looked like a kid actress. Vega, something Vega. Yeah. That is spy kids. Alexa Vega. Alexa Vega. She kind of looked like her. Or like, or like One very, those, yeah, very young, young Jojo. You know what I mean? Like, like, jo- like Jojo was a little bit chubby when she, like, when she um, first came out. But what's like, Cinderella's name in Storybrooke? She looked like, uh, she looked worse. Not Amanda. Um, whatever. Yeah. She looked, uh, she looked worse than this. I think so. I mean, she was also naturally pretty. So to, to just put like literally throw dirt on her, I still doesn't think they didn't even her. put dirt on this hag. They could have yeah. done that. Yeah, like, they could have put soot. Soot, not even soot. I'm upset about that. All right. Anyway, we're back in Storybrooke. Regina's walking. Costuming. Around. Costuming. We're not happy here. Yes. Thank you. Please fix yourselves. I'm sure you have in the last ten years, but <laughs> um, is this what did we what did we call it for brand info? Oh, a print. It wasn't even costumes, right? Because she looks great in this trench coat. I was just wondering. In the end. Um. What are you doing here? I've missed you. And I wanted to show you something. Henry's an 85-year-old man. Killing his birds eater. He could have been doing any other activity. I've been keeping this from you, darling. They've been growing magic beans in secret. They want to take you to the enchanted forest. Without me. Maybe we're all going and they just haven't told you yet? Partially true. They won't let me help. They don't see the good in me. The good you've seen. We're going to need to train Henry how to read manipulative adults a little better, I think. Yeah. This is easy to spot from a mile away. This is my chance to go back and start over. For me to be the hero. And you'd like that, right? I'd love it. Here's how it will work. There's a fail-safe built into the curse, a trigger. Like a self-destruct button. Like you never did it. Yes. Why would he automatically it's the next assume best thing to turn that. back time? That's amazing. Well, what happened to the storybook? It disappears. Forever. And no need to worry, dear. We can get away first. Back <laughs> to the forest. Using the holes in this. What about everyone else? Why would you think he I would? Die. Why would you think what? he would agree to that? I don't You're stupid. Have any other choice? What? As long as there are other people in our lives. Why is Henry about to get into a back of a van because somebody yeah. offered candy? You loved me once. That's what this is. With them gone, you'll love me again, and you can see me for what I truly am. Regina, a hero. Not if you kill everyone. No, you're spiraling. You're a villain. Me? 
They're the ones that have been keeping us apart. They're the villains. How could I ever love anybody who would do such horrible things? And why wouldn't you, th- why would you even think this? Right. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else We're to good. Talk to. Well, I'm going to stop you. Everything I just said will come to pass. Never. Why would I let you do any of this? Because you won't remember a thing. Two things. We're going to need to give Henry some kind of... Uh, what's the... What's the shield spell yeah. from Harry Potter? What are you doing here? We're going to need to give him that. Yes. He also Is needs to, to be coached on predators. I've missed you. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't you show me that bird feed? Sorry. Show sure to make the birds very happy. This is... I know there's no murder involved, but this is very close to the same sinister attitude that this whole candle business is going on. Is this very manipulative? I think just the manipulation is triggering, I think, to both of us. I think we are already aware of that, right? Like people trying to manipulate, like knowing what you'd say, knowing how, like manipulate your feelings into, you know, doing what you want. But my thing here. So I hated that entire thing. Why would she ever think that he would fall for that? That was so insanely stupid. Now, now that she knew, now that I know she had that spell to just say, like, forget about it. She tried. So I don't hate that scene as much as I thought. I, I hate it for, like, the principle of it. Like, she's being extremely <laughs> she evil. Tried she just what? told her kid that she's going to murder everyone. She thought, all right, I have one shot. Maybe he'll actually finally agree with me this time. You know, you never know. You never know. You can't help but try. That feels pretty psychotic. And she knew. It is psychotic. Just but because... she knew that she could eventually just, she could men and black him. But, like, then, I mean, I yeah. I, I I always have a problem with turning back time, with forget forgetting spells, with all that stuff, because it doesn't, it shouldn't remove the risk, not the risk, but the uh, the prudence of the person who's talking to say, well, it won't matter because you'll forget, right? Because all that whole thing of saying we can go away, right? There's no reason to tell him what happens to everyone here. Regina would normally just skirt around that and only talk about the things that Henry would like. But also she's better. The the problem I have with this whole scene is Regina is not this stupid. She is the master manipulating character in this entire show. She is manipulated. But she knew she could just zap it away. But, but, But I'm saying her approach to him, even sloppy, even knowing you could erase it, Regina, that is so beneath Regina, she would never try it because she knows that Henry is like completely all over the heroes and he's super noble. She wouldn't use that to try and get anything out of him, even if is he's it because forget. she's so desperate after her mom dying that she has, like she said, literally no one to talk to and she just needed to say it out loud. Uh, not to herself I think that so is, then she was like all right well henry will talk to me and then i'll just zap it out of his memory and then I'll yeah, move on." i think that's the justification for it and i think from a writing perspective that does an injustice i think regina even at her most desperate would get more calculated and more strategic that's even fair. sloppy even sloppy she mm-hmm. wouldn't she wouldn't regress to teenage regina who doesn't know how to do anything that was a mm-hmm. regina we've never met before who is a complete idiot who thinks that you can walk up to a hero and say well but the thing that you really want is like i'll show you you can love me and she's saying all these weird predatorish things and i'm like well okay well then that indicates to me you only went to henry so that he could say i hate you i'm going to stop you and then what was the point of that like you right. like unless you did it because you felt like you needed to be tortured like one of those weird things where they're like i need people to like a sawyer situation a sawyer, yeah. right i need people to hate me because i hate myself thing that is she did stuff that that kind of character would do and that's not regina so from a writing that's a conflict of interest from a writing perspective that doesn't make sense her character would never do that 
Jane. Her character would never go to the one person she needs validation from and guarantee he doesn't validate her. And she knows for sure that he would not validate that. There's not a situation in the world he would say yes to. What are we doing, Jane? I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I mean, this this could be beyond a single writer. This could just be we need the story to go here. So it has to be like this. You know what I mean? Like this is. But the in, bigger picture in type which of case writing. i understand yeah. people's beef with like where it, the the peaks and valleys of the once upon a time writing you know what i mean like it the only reason why i hold it to the standard is because we already have it's not like this better writing than this yeah exactly <laughs> obviously we're, we're back, back in the enchanted, enchanted forest. forest yep she's just walking around I it, honestly thought that was snow at first. Oh, yeah, Here we go. Come on now, don't be shy. That, that, that's the queen. The evil queen. Step right up and sink an arrow into her. This heart. is a uh, undercover boss, that's is what this right. is. Well, it's fixed, actually. <laughs> you can't hit the queen in the heart because she ain't got one. <laughs> Kill the evil queen. Kill the queen. I don't necessarily buy they would be doing this in broad daylight in public. Right. That feels a little dangerous. How can you do that? She's your queen. Snow White should be our queen. Snow White's a bandit. A murderer and a menace. Lies. The queen's evil. Like you don't know her. Thank my lucky stars for that. Let's burn her! Yeah! Thanks, Alexa Vega. No, no! This is treason! I won't stand for it! Uh-oh. It's about time. Where were you? You do this? Of course not. I was trying to stop it. Is that what it looks like to you? Looks to me like some dirty slag is defacing an effigy of our queen. <laughs> hey, she's gonna All catch right, her well, heads at least we justified that they're not supposed to be doing that. Looks yeah. just like her. <laughs> How dare you? I'll have your head for that, Rivers. She knows your name. How dare you address the knight of the Queen's Guard thusly? I know your names, you idiots, because I am the queen. Oh no, the hood. I couldn't see your whole face because the hood was up. Thanks for bringing your what hood down now. What is happening right now? <laughs> I, I am, Did you forget every single rule? I can prove it. Let's go off me. Damn it, Berkeley. Is this, just, is this just Regina's all of a sudden stupid? I mean, I know this is before like she was, but this it just feels like a knock on Regina this whole episode. I'm just like... She does dumb things. Oh, she's wearing a matching modern-day shirt back in Storybrooke. Uh, crim- crimson, red, and black, yeah. Yeah. You look like you've had a rough time. Indeed I have. Hey, it's Hook. I've come to ask you for your protection. From gold? No, from these two weirdos. This time, once you notice your murder didn't take. And we've got bigger problems. That man, Greg Mandel, the one who hit me the night I shot Belle. Well, he's in league with some woman. She abducted me in New York and dragged me back to Mendel. They want me to make an alliance with you and then betray you. Let so me go. I love Hook's mystery of just oh, like telling people I know. the He's plans. Like, oh, you know what? Let's just lay it all out there. You skip the unpleasant betrayal business. Why should I trust you? I took up with your mother for a reason. Perhaps the three of us could reestablish our alliance. About that. My mother died. That is sad news indeed. I'm sorry. She will be missed. About that. 
Hi. I knew her well enough to know that what she wanted most in the world was to see you win. Yeah, and death. He has never been. He has never been faced with having to show sympathy or empathy in any way. Yeah, really. Seriously, that's like a gift I have to have you with yours. Can I? Okay, that was the nicest thing anybody said to Regina in like months. Yeah, truly. Escape, huh? Oh, she'd have loved that. <laughs> she brought that giant for the beans. So she could go back and start over with you. Now I'm going to do that with Henry. If you'll help me. Why this is we? how we're going to escape the total destruction of Storybrooke. If I can trust you. Now when you say total destruction, including the crocodile, yes? <laughs> oh, yes. Rumpelstiltskin will die. If you help me. This is... Here you go. No mail. Yeah. <laughs> the whole uh, continuing oh, for his legacy so thing, sorry. bizarre. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't she would have loved that. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's like when you go to a wake. And I have... Uh, I'm like very desensitized to funerals and wakes because everybody died. So like... This is like when you go to a wake... And it's an open casket. And you go up and everybody goes, oh, they look great. No, they don't. They look dead. And I really hate when people say that. Because they look dead. They're dead. People say that? All of the time. Ew, why? That's weird. All of the time. I will never forget. Um, My uncle Don, I lived with him for 10 years. And it was very, you know, a very rocky situation and um, tough for my family. But I lived with him for 10 years. So when he died... We were in the receiving line, I guess you call it. Mm -hmm, So it was, mm -hmm. you know, um, my mom, my dad, me and my Mm -hmm. brother, because we were essentially his family. Right. And every single person kept going, oh, he looks great. And I didn't know how this was, the death was going to hit me because, like I said, it was a very rocky situation. Right. And um, me and my brother, for some reason, sobbed all four hours of that week. Mm -hmm. Like, we could not keep it together. Mm -hmm. It was a very weird emotional time. Just emotion in general. And I got upset. Mm. I was like, he doesn't look great. He's dead. Oh, God. And everyone was like, yeah, Good. I was 16 also. So like, sure. That's a tough time. Not great. That's a tough time. Um, so this feels like that. Yeah. When they're all like, oh, they would have. Lo- oh, the flowers are beautiful. They would have loved that. You know, like stuff like that is you. We don't need to say it. Well, we can mourn organically. This feels though- fake. The legacy just feels weird because it feels like someone who's like Charles Manson died with that, you know, at the the lethal injection. And they're like, oh, Charles would really like this. (laughs) Like, yeah, oh, it's just got a little feel a bit of a weird vibe on it, you know, like um, but but the legacy in general, it's like when hit and like him stuck in this one place right so with cora and with his crocodile thing and like yes obviously also the cro- like what was she gonna be like oh no he's gonna come back with us like yes obviously stupid like it like, there's just a lot of like right weird, i don't know everybody feels, is flailing this it, episode is what i feel yeah, like yeah and but not in a way that makes me believe emotional trauma i'm like everyone doesn't just lose brain cells no everyone just got dumb yeah like snow and tra- and nobody is um 
like immune to this dumbness for some reason. Like it like yep. took over the entire town. And the only risk really are these two buffoons who are like, we're going to kill magic, which should be that those words should be really threatening. But these two characters are so annoying that I don't. We know how to kill magical yeah. creatures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just don't believe them. And I don't. It's like when like clunky dudes like try to act tough, yeah. like on TikTok. Well, or anywhere. Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Or just in general. All right. We're going to continue on now. <laughs> uh, uh. He uh, still hates mayo, huh? Was it like the plague? Uh, How are you doing? Nope. In Storybrooke. Okay. I mean, it's still a little audio description here. Was I that a like receipt? Was that a receipt of everybody's names connecting to their fairy tale character name? So we're looking at like Emma who, and Tamara. What role you were getting in the play? That's how that just <laughs> that was, was. That was the, the cast list. <laughs> that was literally a cast, was list. cast list. So Emma and Tamara are in the diner. I need to rewind actually because I need to see who bumped into who because this bitch uh, likes to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Rewind time. Tamara likes to play games. So I want to see who. Who bumped into yeah. who here? Here you go. No mayo, right? Emma, do it, girl. Oh, Boom. okay. I'm so sorry. Emma used Tamara's trick against her. Thank you, Emma. So she literally forced hip checked her in the diner as she turned around, dropped everything on the ground. They went, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Exactly like Tamara did when she ran into the coffee. And out of Tamara's purse comes, first of all, can we just look at... <laughs> This woman who I looked really quick and it looked like Jesse. Oh in the my top gosh. Corner. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Jesse, are you in with one time? <laughs> she just didn't tell us she was waiting for the moment. <laughs> it's just the hair. Um, so uh, all her stuff fell out of her purse. And out of it came a, a piece of paper that looked like a receipt. But when you actually scanned up it, it was every person's it's name in Storybrooke and who their fairy tale character name is that Tamara has. Here's the problem I have with this. I will press play. Watch this. <gasps> First of all, Tamara knows this is in her purse, obviously, because she put it there. He uh, still hates mayo, huh? She looks down. Like the here's plague. the list. She's holding it. Tamara just nonchalantly grabs the paper that Emma's staring directly at and puts it in her purse. Right, and I'm she's like, holding it. Girl, you just watched her wrist. And the, the text is huge. This is not like a little tiny thing, right? You don't, you don't just grab something like that and then continue on the conversation like everything's normal. And Emma grabs at the last sentence that Tamara just said. Also, that would never happen. You don't grab up your order and go, no mayo, right? Right. I'll make you remake that if you put mayo on it. So <laughs> this is clunky. Again, this page of script writing needed Emma to have more doubts about Tamara. There are about 50 other ways that we could have done this and it not felt like a first draft because it really, that moment felt really not good. You know what would have been great? Blush. If Emma saw Tamara and Owen like kissing in a back, yes, that would have been better. Or, or that would have been better. Something I think it would have been better with something she said, some little slip up of the of the words yeah. that then Tamara had to cover up. This is a quicker way to do it. That that I think feels like if she cheap. said, "Oh, Rumple, Mister Gold." Well, that would like, be that would be too obvious. It would have to be something she could cover up, right? It would be something like she would say, you know, it's not like we're all fairy tale characters or something, and then gave a look or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It would have to be something a little bit like subtle, something besides, but not a laundry list of exactly who's who. Okay, so we just did this across the room from each other in less than thirty seconds, right? Yeah, well, yeah. How did this? How did this table discussion go? Where yeah. this is where they landed on. Well, we just came up with two great ideas. And one of the things I want to do going into season three is I want to see if sometimes, occasionally, 
the scripts, the actual teleplays, the stuff that the actors are reading from, um, are publicly available occasionally because they, they exist, right? They're stored in some server somewhere and sometimes people put them on the internet. I want to see if they exist because if they do and we can get a hold of them, we could see if the stage direction – because a teleplay would have stage directions in it that says Emma walks to the door and opens it and then says a line. That's that's how the teleplay works. It's supposed to describe how to shoot it. So that is one of those things that could have been the director could have decided to make that a thing. Um, the actor could have spoke up and say, what if I do this? And sometimes the directors will let them. Sometimes the writer of the episode is in the room and they say, oh, oh, well, for a script reason, it would actually be really cool director if they actually ran into this visual thing because that will help in a few pages or whatever, right? Or mm-hmm. the actual script from the moment they wrote it will say, Emma sees a list of all of the fairy tale characters on the ground and scans it and then Tamara grabs. Like the, the script will actually intend on that. So it depends on how this moment actually organically happened. Like, was it always planned or was it something that came out of the shooting and a director decided to go, you know, off the cuff and go, you know what I mean? And then sometimes a director will do that and the writer, depending on the writer, will say, oh, I don't think it's a good idea for that because of whatever. And the director does have, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, veto rights to just go, well, I want to do that anyway, right? Because in the chain of command, the director's ultimately in charge of that. Now, Hollywood directors... They're not going to probably do that too much because the writers, the staff writers belong to the show. The director does not. And if you want to get called back, you yeah. got to play nice. I th- I mean, this is from information I've heard from people who work in the industry a little bit, for, a very little bit from what I've seen when I've been on sets. But I haven't like actually seen that happen in real life. But that just piecing together all the things I know about yeah. how the industry works, I could see that being a thing. And this is one of those things where I'm like, it's problematic. So whose fault is it really? That's kind of what I want to know. You know what I mean? Yes. I totally forgot. I wanted to talk about this in the pre-show, oh, and yeah, I forgot yeah. to. Let's rewind. Um, speaking of directing. Yeah, it's rewind time. <laughs> Thank you. To the pre-show. Thank you. Um, I was bored and decided I needed a new TV show because I needed to stop rewatching my comfort shows, okay. and I stumbled upon Euphoria. Oh, yes. Let's talk about it. Very, very dark. Very heavy show. Um, I don't, I'm not going to blanket recommend it because it's... Yeah, specific. It's a struggle. There's a lot going on. You know what I mean? Like, got to be a certain type of person to really watch the show, ingest it, and, like, be okay. But anyway, I was watching it, and I was really into it, and I forget. I think I was on, like, episode four or five, and I now, because we've started this podcast, and since I've become friends with you, I watch credits because mm-hmm. I like to see who does what. Right, I think right. it's really interesting. Anyway, it comes up, and it says, directed by Jennifer Morrison. Oh, yeah, and that's like, right. That's wild. I'm like, there's no, I'm like, there has to just be another director named Jennifer Morrison. Like, whatever. So I went on the Wikipedia and I looked it up. No, it's really our girl, wow. Emma Swan, directing Euphoria. It was a very heavy episode, too. Like, and it was shot so beautifully. The cinematography in Euphoria is, like, so incredible. Nice. So beautiful. People talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's won yeah. awards. She killed it. Uh, I think it's an appropriate time to give it up for female directors who who not only are female but also uh go from being in front of the camera and being an actress to this very powerful position of uh, directing television specifically it's a hard job it's not as i mean i know i've said before that it's cake because you just have to follow the rules but that's that's assuming you already know how to direct that's a hard thing to learn how to do so shout out to female actresses and female director and actresses in general but like I was blown away. 
She produces, she directs, and she acts. I am not surprised it's at all. It's on her um, IMDb. So she is so talented. Super shout out. And I know we give Emma her shit sometimes, but I... And Euphoria Season 2 starts tonight, so I'm really excited oh, to nice. watch it on HBO after I get off this. But, um, wow. That's, yeah, I thought it was so cool yeah. that we found another connection to the show. I love and, that. Yeah, Euphoria. Yeah. So if anybody out there has uh, Euphoria conversations that they want to have, let, uh, hit up the Discord. Uh, uh, please, because there's a lot to talk about with that show. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, but it takes again, not for any children. Oh yeah, HBO. I think come. I think I think it's assumed that the HBO shows are a little bit. It's not just sexually explicit. Uh, there is a lot of very very scary themes going on yeah. in the show. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that out there. Um, I'm not recommending it for everyone. Like I recommend everything else. This is one that you have to be a particular human being. Well, speaking of, since we're on the subject of uh, powerful female. Act- crossover actresses to directors um because you don't I, have to you don't have to talk about me it's oh my right. god Isla, let's just oh, she's so great she's great she's right there <laughs> uh so uh, i i just it just because we have another connection to another very strong female very very strong very uh um kind of broad adaptable female actress um in stephanie beatrice who is a female Latin actress, which is even harder to break through in and to get any kind of power and any kind of authority and any kind of trust. And Stephanie Beatrice, towards the end of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, was able to get the network to agree to have her direct episodes that she was in, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So she got to direct pieces of Brooklyn Nine-Nine to like further her career, then does something amazing like Encanto. I mean, she did something else too uh, before that. She's done a couple. Well, she was just in, in something else, but I yes, thank you. In the Heights, she uh, she played um, I forget her name, uh, but but this and singing right. So now she's playing this act this this character in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Very deep voice, very uh, hard and um, kind of tomboy, very rough and violent and aggressive. And uh, then she goes to in the Heights, and she's playing this bubbly Spanish girl, right? And then now she's doing you know. Encanto, which is this heavily female or family-oriented, right, culturally relevant and important movie, you know, breakout Disney. Disney movie, Disney. Then she's also in both In the Heights and Encanto singing, amazing singing voice, trusted with some of Lin-Manuel's most difficult, you know, stuff. And it's and, voice work. And killed Which it, I think is work. another... You know, another challenge oh, yeah. because not everybody can do voice acting. Absolutely. Another another very difficult, you know, so f- just fe- I just remember this because when that was going on, they did a lot of interviews with her because also Melissa Fumero, who plays um, his girlfriend. God, I forget her name, too. Jesus. It was Rosa and the one that. uh Okay, I forget everybody's name. It's fine. Uh, she's okay. the other Spanish girl in this guy. Well, and it was funny because they interviewed them a lot about they when they were auditioning. They um. Uh, were nervous because they were like, they're obviously not going to cast two Latinas in this show. They're not going to do it. And they and they were like, no, we don't care. We're going to do this. Uh, and so not only do they both get cast, but they both got the opportunity to act and direct because Melissa Fumero also directed her own episodes as well. Or like That's episodes amazing. of the show and she still had to act in it, right? The Office did a lot of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just... They got they let them all write and direct that, like a bunch of things amazing. that they were all in. I don't know because... Like what a community that you've built where everybody's comfortable enough to like try out different and you have, things yeah. and be so strong at them and be so supported by the cast and crew. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, Ellen Pompeo from Grey's Anatomy, she started directing um, episodes in Grey's now too. Hmm. 
Women. Love them. <laughs> love women. Jake. Jake and Amy. Jake Peralta. Amy is who we'll see from Maryland. Uh, well, love women. Lo- I mean, really. Love them. <laughs> so uh, talented. So, yeah. Jennifer Morrison, Stephanie Beatrice, you know, and all of the other hardworking uh, women in the industry who don't Girl always, bosses. you know, and, and shout out, honestly, while we're here, shout out to all the people who didn't get to have those opportunities who were kind of pushed down and pushed through it yes. anyway, because yep. they didn't get lucky to have a, a family that trusted them to, to, you know, be more than what they were. And, and you know what, while we're here talking about women, we need to pour one out for the homiest of all homies, the life that we just lost. Oh God. Betty White. Betty White. True. This right here, this goes out to all our fallen homies, yo. It's a great example. It's a great example of, uh, you know, strong trailblazing women who set the example for people, you know, coming after. Yes. She set the example. Yeah, sure did. Okay. I'm good now. Well, but that was it. That was my little soapbox that I had to jump on. Listen, we, we, it's our podcast, so we get to use it for public service announcements like uh, the farmer refuted. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> All right, here we go. What are you doing here in Storybrooke? I mean, it's a lot to take in. Understatement. <laughs> but, uh, here in Storybrooke. <laughs> better than anyone. Yeah. It's called Storybrooke. That's weird, right? I had Henry. He got me through it. Right. Yeah, Neil's doing the same for me. Even so, it's pretty crazy here. Emma. Ew. Do you the see that? I forgot about this <laughs> What the f- Look, Emma, you don't have to worry. Her like fake ass laugh. Oh, so she knows. Who knows? That's good. She knows. This is seeing you later. Terrible. This whole scene should have been cut. This should have been redone. Okay, no, because that is actually how girls act sometimes. Um, I'm telling you, Tamara is the she. August. It just again, girls do. So I didn't know that Tamara knew about magic. Uh, well, didn't Neil already? Neil already. Oh, he did tell her? Well, okay. he did, and she freaked out, and Emma doesn't know how she reacted to it, so she does have an out to say that Neil said everything was blah, 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 blah. Okay. I don't know. There's holes all over this. This is weird. Uh, yes, girls do do that. I don't believe that Tamara wouldn't do that. I do certainly believe that Emma does not do, because she is a friggin' bailed bonds woman or whatever, and she knows how not to blow her cover. Emma's better than that. Emma is better mm-hmm. than to just be like, ha, ha, ha. you don't do that to someone you are already suspicious of because they're immediately going to be suspicious of you. Your whole detective thing, I could tell when people are lying, like all of season one, they established that Emma could easily go undercover and get information from people because that's what she did in Boston and that's what she did in New York. And she can, the first scene we see of the entire of Once Upon a Time is of her in this, this, this restaurant, this disgusting creep being like, a, you know, his date and whatever. She didn't blow her cover one time. Now I'm supposed to believe she's pulling faces. Everybody's messing up this week. It's, it, it, I don't even know what that is. That's the direct. Is that just Jennifer Morrison's tire? Like, I don't know what. I mean, no, I don't think we can pin it on Jennifer Morrison because it's literally every single character we've come in contact with. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad at the actors and actresses about it. It just feels like they're being put in situations yeah. that their characters then not react to in a kind of awkward way. And I don't yeah. know if that, again, that, that, that's why I want to see the script. That might have been one of those things where the script says Emma, Emma strains to smile so that's her direction she has to do that that's what the script said to do yeah in which case the eyes in my opinion as i'm watching it, i'm like that's a that's a lame thing to put in the script emma wouldn't do that why would emma do that yeah i think that's what makes the characters in the good place so strong they went through what four seasons 
all the way through every single moment of every single episode and not a single character fell out of step. They had a Bible for each character and what they would and would not do, what they already knew, what they didn't. Yeah. And they did not falter until this, the series finale. Not a single character did something that I was like, they wouldn't do that. That's weird. Or if they did something out of character, they had a perfectly good explanation for why that character is growing or regressing or having a conflict, right? There's an explanation for that. Even if someone, yeah. if Emma had said once in the beginning of this episode, had a cup of coffee in her hand and they put her in a scene and she's like, God, I'm just so exhausted from last night and blah, I'm just so tired of all the sneaking around. And then she went in that thing and then pulled that, I would have been like, Emma's tired again. Fine. Like that, th- those are the kind of little things that you give an audience Right. I say this like I'm a like I'm a professional television writer who's established. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not even barely a writer at all. I'm just saying as a TV watcher, that's the kind of thing that I've experienced in other shows that this episode and Lacey were missing is help me out here. Give me a reason why you're skipping the reasons and going straight to the result. And I, I'm like, uh, something feels Yeah, because they're trying to get to the end of the season and it's not working. They're rushing. We're getting mad. I think they're rushing. I think that you're, you're right. They might just be rushing. And that might be the explanation. They might just they're maybe running it's not out a good of time. One, though. Well, it happens though, especially towards the end of the season. Sometimes it's like, well, we could write it correctly, and you not have an episode to go out this week, or you can have this slightly lackluster episode, and we go to air. <laughs> sometimes that is the case. They're just like, well, it's got to go to air now. So <laughs> that's true. It's a real thing. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the camera like Jim does. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I got it. I felt. I felt it in my bones. <laughs> you, you nailed that. <laughs> you could just skip a week. Oh, uh, you could just skip a week. This bitch just said, "Don't hammer me." Also, Henry's upstairs. Where in the loft? In his, you live in an open air space is he, loft. Is he in his crib? Warn us about someone, about a woman. She, Tamara, has a list of people who live here. What their fairy tale names are. Doesn't that worry you? Oh. Million explanations for what you They're gonna write this off as Neil gave it to her. When she said I could trust her, she lied. They're gonna say Neil gave it to her so she can understand or something. To be unreliable, Emma. Especially when you're emotional. Oh no! Last time I don't have. Oh my god! Oh no! No! I hit the wrong button, by the way. That was the entrance button with the boo. It was supposed to be the burn. Sorry. <laughs> I got excited. This is one of those moments that I want to turn the episode off and skip it. <laughs> that is not okay. For those of you who require the visual reference, Isla is turned completely away from her microphone and is boycotting the show right now. <laughs> That's a trigger. I hated every that single is my thing ultimate about trigger. that moment. I don't know a when, single... Honestly, when somebody calls Marty McFly a chicken... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me when somebody yeah, yeah. says that I'm just being overdramatic. Isla, Isla is Marty McFly. <laughs> I am. What the fuck is this episode? Emma comes with pretty substantial evidence that something is, at the very least, a little bit off. And Snow's like, don't worry, I was just blabbing my big mouth last night with your dad, and we were talking about how we're going to disappear and leave Regina to die. I'm going to go worry about that. Stop being so emotional. I got to work on my black heart, bitch. Don't forget to feed Henry. Oh, God, that's hilarious. And, like, where are you going, Mary Margaret? Where are you, like, running off to out the door? What 
you don't you don't seemingly all of a sudden you don't have a job anymore you just quit school yeah that's weird does there are there no kids that need to be taught anymore like what's going on all right uh i i I got angry so i went back to see uh jane espenson has has an excuse because she's already hit hit us with several reasons why we can prove that she is reliable uh this christine boylan however unknown quantity i need to know more so uh i discovered tallahassee which is the flashback episode with neil uh when emma's young right um she and that's okay christine boylan and jane espenson although i find it interesting that christine is first i don't know i don't remember i i do think that is relevant like who in like the order of the ampersand right Um, it has to be because jane's first on this because jane's first on this one uh let's see uh it's the christine boylan okay tiny christine boylan and kalinda vasquez and then this one is the next one um and i will even go as far as to just skip into season three real quick and see if she's like overly used here i see jane espenson okay she's with daniel t thompson she's with daniel t thompson again and that's it so, I don't know what that means. I'm just trying, I'm searching for answers now because this is uh, the other problem for the last time. I don't have feelings for Neil. So she is, she is now, because that's where we paused, right? That's what Emma's saying. I think Emma would be more upset about this. You just said, yeah, sometimes girl, girls pull faces at each other. I'm like, yeah, you know what else girls do? Stab each other when someone says, you're just being too emotional. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel like Emma would be, if, if we're going to use that same logic from the diner and be like, oh yeah, she's just being like a normal girl. This is not how a normal girl would react. This is not even how Emma would react. I feel like either one of those people would be have a little bit more hurt, I think, behind the, you know why? Because when we said this to Snow, when we said, maybe you're just, you're, you're, I forget what, what the context was, but we said that, you know, maybe you're not seeing things clearly. She got mad at everybody. Like you would if you were told, you know, yes. your, your feelings are not valid. I think everyone's natural reaction is. No. Snow, you just came out of a coma. Can you shut up? And, and like, I think saying your superpower is sometimes unreliable is something I've said from episode one. And I don't really have a problem with saying, like, I don't think it's a real superpower. Right. But then you're supposed to say something after that. Right. To validate, like you just dissed somebody and then you dissed them a second time instead of being like, yeah, your superpower is kind of bullshit. But then, and then it's like, what's the dot, dot, dot after that? You usually say, but I, I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, you yeah, some kind no, of validation Mary Margaret's being really mean right now. And again, a little out of, I think. Out of pocket. Out of character. Out of character. Don't you think? But, or is, is that. Is that a product of her black heart? I don't know how that works. Uh, they haven't established enough of that yet because it's she's okay. not because she's not being. I'm just trying to justify mean, Eddie. You know, she's right not now because she, it's it's a lot. I need to rewatch part of this. Okay, one, two, three. Died trying to warn us about someone. Four. It's forty seconds. Fuck. I know this has been hard for you. No, this isn't about me. This is about August. He died trying to warn us about someone, about a woman. She. Valid. Tamara has a list of people who live here. What their fairy tale names are. Doesn't that worry you? There could be a million explanations for what that's, you saw. That's true. About her, and she lied to me when she said I could trust her. She lied. But your superpower has been known to be unreliable, Emma. 
Especially when you're emotional. Right there. I want her to be like, bitch, you slept with Dr. Whale. You're giving me man emotional I advice just right now? I hit her. I would be so angry. That would be right so now. angry. I'm angry and I'm not being told that. I also... Wouldn't she? She didn't bring up her superpower. That's another thing I don't like. She just no, said she just said she, she lied. lied. Why wouldn't you just say what makes you think that? That's how you validate yeah. someone. You don't just say, "Oh yeah, is this your dumb superpower again?" <laughs> like you know what I mean? That's also a lot less caring than Snow would be. Although I will give them that Guinea Good is taking these hot garbage script lines. And she is delivering them with no ability to be able to change what the words are. She's delivering them with care and grace in the care and grace I think Snow would give them. As an actress, you can't, you don't have no authority there. So you have to do the best with what you have. And I will, I will identify that she is trying to like suck up all the venom from what that could be in somebody else's mouth and really soften it down. And I I noticed that and I appreciate that as a delivery. (laughs) Hi, Harper Jane. Hey. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing, bud? <laughs> oh, she's so cute. Did you hear uh, her? Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> I sure hey, did. You, you scared, scared me. me. <laughs> oh. She was sneaking for a snack on her dada's desk. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Cheeky bugger. All right, let's get through this. For the last time, I don't have feelings for Neil. That was over a decade ago. I'm over it. It would also be be. very justifiable if you did. Yeah, right. But if you tell Henry that you think his dad's fiance may be up to something, then Henry's going to think that there's a chance his parents could get back together. That's a valid concern. That's not the way you should have approached it. Hi, babe. Please, until you know something more. That. Yeah, we could have cut out everything that just happened in the middle so, and left it at that. we're yeah. back in business? I heard everything. Henry's I going through the shower. Exactly. Actor. Operation Girl pushed back us. She's an Operation Girl. She's tomorrow, right? Uh, get your coat. And how many times do we have to be proven that this goddamn kid can handle this shit? I'm so tired of the really lame, Henry can't handle it, he's a kid, so I'm going to tell you how he's going to feel about this if we say it. Why don't you let Henry tell you how he's going to feel about it if you tell him? Yeah, shout out to Emma for just being like, you know what, yeah, sure, come on, let's go. He's not six years old anymore. Get Uh over it. Like... At this point, and he's also been through enough trauma. His parents are magical. His the, the whole, like, like this is not a normal kid's life. And he's been through and it, and he's been stable the whole time. I think it is worth noting that I don't really think that Mary Margaret's uh, worry for Henry is valid. The whole do you not think he's it's going to think be- that your parents are going to get back together? He didn't know he had parents until like right a month ago. Yeah, yeah. He didn't know his dad was even the, the thing. He didn't even know he had a dad. He thought his dad was dead. Uh, Henry's not over there with a scrapbook of his parents and like putting them, like cutting their heads out to put them next to each other. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to give it, trying to give it a little bit because I don't like the words that Snow chose, but I do understand where she's coming from, and I don't think it's invalid. I don't like the packaging, but I, I. I think it's a reasonable adult reaction to say, well, at least until you know more, don't go crazy. I think that's reasonable for anyone to say, right? 
Granted, we could have used better words, but that still doesn't excuse the fact that the whole purpose of this conversation is because adults are deciding for Henry what he can and cannot handle. And that's yeah. what I was saying from the beginning about this parent thing is you have to get a better idea. Again, I say I said the other stuff as a non-writer to writers <laughs> or about writers. I'm saying this as a non-parent about parents. I acknowledge that I am not a parent myself. However, just in general, with like my wife is a kindergarten teacher, so I understand at least about cultivating, you know, a, a, a growing child and and letting them be an adult. I watched all of my friends as parents, yourself included, raise extremely stable, strong children, independent children. And it's only because you give the kid the station to be an actual individual adult. Well, as the parent of the podcast, <laughs> I come here today on my soapbox to agree a, with you. I need a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> for you, just for the impressions, not for what you're saying, right? Am I am I crazy? No, no, no. You're um, extremely right. If you talk to your baby in a baby voice, mm. they're only going to know how to talk like a baby. There you go. Yeah, exactly. It is the perfect and like most basic example um, that people are always goo goo ga guying at babies. That's not what they need to learn. They already know that. But like toddlers, like not like infants. you need to talk like, to them. <laughs> you need to talk to them like a human being. Yeah. From yeah. day one, we've never talked in baby with Harper. Mm-hmm. My kid now talks at a seven-year-old level. Yeah. I mean, it's the environment that you create is what they, that's the, that's what they have to soak in as a sponge, right? And and that's just my own personal experience. There are parents that do this way better than I do. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there are people out there that their kids are running circles because they're fostering a great environment for them. And then there's other parents that baby them and push them off into a corner and treat it like it's a task rather than yeah. the life that they gave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is just brushing it off and just infantizing him to the point where Henry the, I don't know what they want for Henry. What is the end game for him now? Just for like, him to be la 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 happy happy? Obviously it's not. But like also remember he went into that fire room he did yeah. he went under sleeping curses he's gone head toe to toe with the most powerful sorceress in this entire town well, before Cora, right? With Regina, had no problem standing up for what is right, regardless of what happened to him. He took a lot of risks that proved that he was braver than most adults in this town. I think it is disrespectful. Yes, I know he's still a kid. I think within reason. We're not talking about blood and gore here. We're not talking about decapitating people, but we are talking about, you know, potential dangers that could endanger him. I think he deserves Just to know about him, them. Yeah, give him the responsibility that he earned. Which is not to go send him out for tasks and shit. It's just giving We're him information. We're not signing him up for the draft. Right. It's just letting him know what's going on. You're including him in at least a lot of the things, if not everything. <laughs> Which is funny that you mentioned that because we have 18 and 19-year-olds going overseas for some bullshit reasons to blow themselves to smithereens. Who can't get in like, the name packs of, of cigarettes? You know what I mean? Yeah. In, yeah. in the name of a government who, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the thing. Like we, the way that we um, decide value of information and respect is, I think, already wonky. Just in general. you can take out a loan for two hundred thousand dollars to go to college, but you can't buy a used car for five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of weird. It's but, just there's yeah, it's what makes you an adult and what doesn't make you an adult, and people have different ideas of what people can handle, and it's not not right. But we're I, rewriting that. I'm just. Well, I yes. think. Agree. I think like a lot of I know there's a lot of shit happening in the world, but I do really think that there are a lot of parents out there that do have like a better end goal for their children. 
Hell yeah. And, and a I, shout out to them. I'm trying to be hopeful. Trying to be hopeful in that situation. Absolutely. And uh, like Emma is trying right now. She's she like, you know what, Henry? You just established that you knew it was going on. Sure. She didn't say, let's go take down Tamara. She said, you know what? Let's go. Yeah, I'm not going to invalidate your Operation Cobra anymore. We're just going to go with it. Yeah, I'm going to do I what I can. I want to see how she approaches this because this could, this could go squirrely really fast. And I think she has a real good opportunity to validate what we are talking about right now and just treat Henry yes. with the respect we've been begging everyone else treats him with. Yeah. I'm like, how many things does he have to go through before you guys finally trust him just with information? This kid has mm-hmm. more than proven that he can be responsible with it, that he actually is a bigger hero than some of you who aren't willing to do what it takes to actually make it happen. He's actually saved the day when nobody had the answer. Multiple times. Let's let's remember. Henry Mills. Henry Mills oh, for president. I just unplugged my headset. <laughs> she just unplugged her headphones, guys. Damn. I, I clapped always for do it. that. It's okay. You got excited. I like it. It's good I energy. He did. Good energy. All right. So now we are in the, what looks like the library, perhaps. And uh, just because I don't know where it's going to come in, the captions. Oh, say, are they going after Lacey? Uh, that it's a two-man job or some shit. So Regina and Hook. It's a two-man job. You need me to lower you? No. It used to be. Before magic. Oh, actually... Okay, Harry Potter. I know, that was all. There is an example of her using magic with no uh, special effects. No evidence. We just talked about that the other day. I I hired you a year ago to fight your drunkenness, and you... you, I had you flogged last spring for lateness. How would I know that? I'm not liking her any better. Let's cut off her head. They... She is going to murder these two guys. Snow White is now Arnold Schwarzenegger, last action hero, all of a sudden. I'm, I'm gonna take it at this point. Well, I mean, that is what her story was supposed to be. It is she's, on brand, it's fine. She's like this. I actually secretly wish it was red. <laughs> but it won't be, because that makes no sense. <laughs> Just However, I just this want it to be I know red. I just want this to be a, the red show. Can we just talk about how freaking bomb that stunt woman is? Who just completely yeah, that was sick. Killed that fight choreography. No. Big reveal. It's Snow White. No. Why <laughs> she just she passes out? I hate this. We're back in this weird elevator underneath the library. Where Listen, I love the elevator. It's very cool. The elevator's the awesome, and a lot of stuff is going to happen eventually down here, so... No one cares for us. I mean, all this is over, and I know the crocodile is dead. Oh, Hulk's limping. Oh, yeah, he's limping. His leg broke. nothing to look forward to. Life would be empty. Yeah. Revenge may say to Probably, honestly. Just understand me, my dear. It's an end, not a beginning. So he's giving her revenge advice. I have Henry... And destroying Storybrooke, well, that seems like a small price to pay to allow us to live in peace. <laughs> that was a great smile. Colin O'Donoghue just, this flat-ass smile he gave her. My mother. Yes. Well, she enchanted it so I could climb the beanstalk in our world. She, uh... I don't care why she gave it to you. It was hers and I want it back. You planned to blow this town off the map and you were worried about a scrap of cowhide. She was my mother. Well, she was my friend. Hardly. (sighs) 
Now follow me closely. Precarious. You couldn't have just hid the trigger in the back of your wardrobe. <laughs> that to be both well hidden and well guarded. Hi. Hi. You okay? Yes, we just had a small bathtub meltdown. We're good. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> would you like me to rewind it to a very horrible, equally annoying tantrum that happened on screen? Truly good. <laughs> so here's what you missed. Um, Regina, <laughs> all the audio people like what the hell happened. I'll put it in the show. Uh, I had to step away. No big deal. Uh, I continued watching a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna recap her a little bit on a very horribly annoying thing that just happened. Okay. Regina saw a bracelet that was on his very cool costume. It's made out of leather, and he's like, "Yeah, Cora enchanted it so that I can climb this beanstalk for some stupid shit we don't care about from five episodes ago." And she was like, "I don't care. It's my mom's, and I want it." And he's like, "So you're trying to blow up a whole town?" And he literally said this, "And you care about a piece of cowhide?" And she's like, "I don't care. It's mine." <laughs> Oh my gosh. So he was like, and <laughs> made her take it, and then she took it off him and put it on her arm. And if these people do not make it so that this trigger and this magic doesn't need this special leather bracelet and don't ever reference that again, I'm quitting. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was, again, yeah. disgusting, completely out of character for Regina. I don't care if she's mourning her mother. She does not act like a prissy teenage child. It's a very teen angst episode. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because she is already past this. There's no explanation for this amount of regression for Regina's maturity level. None whatsoever. Yeah. I don't buy it. And if there is, they didn't give us one, so it doesn't exist. They have to tell us. They have to say Regina snapped and now she's going back to Daniel, you know, era Regina. You have to say, you have to do something. You can't just get that for free. And she's right. acting like an idiot right now. I put it somewhere no one would ever think I'd go. The trigger, whatever this trigger is. When you say, wow, got it. Who's guarding it? The dragon we killed? Is it the She's dragon that's dead? Probably. There's a powerful spell here that sustains her in whatever form she's in. In fact, Hook, she's the reason why this is a two-man job. What exactly am I here to do? I'll get the trigger, and you, well, you're the distraction. What? I don't buy for a single second that a pirate as well distinguished as Captain Hook would be dumb enough to put his back to Regina. Yeah. I don't believe it. All right, let's see what dumb shit this is. Some weird banshee shit. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe that. It's like a big rock creature. What? It just keeps growing out of confetti or whatever the hell this is. Honestly, I'm so irritated with so many other things. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, ooh. Literally, what is happening right now? Oh, it's Maleficent. Okay. Have you There's a lot of screeching. I'm sorry. I'm like right yeah, because it's like just, it. it's loud. Okay, they're fighting. It's really all that matters here. There's a lot of fighting. Why does she look like a dementor? She, yeah, she looks like a crazy ghoul. 
And Hook just stabbed her, cut half her face off, and she's still regenerating back into a big crazy monster. It's okay. Like a Loki had dress on. Yeah, kind kind of got horns, which I guess is cool kind feet? of cool kind of homage What's wrong with to. Them? Why do they look like that? I see them. They're wet. A lot going on. It's a lot going on. Look at my feet. There's literally nothing going on with her feet. <laughs> hey, she look. Just, on just look at that. Oh, is that a casket? It's the glass. Remember the glass thing? Oh my gosh! Dro- that snow we, is sleeping in. That right? we hadn't seen for a long, long time. So she breaks it and she pulls out some little pouch. The trigger. Okay. If it's not a light switch from Home Depot, then missed this opportunity here. It's a grenade, actually. <laughs> a hand grenade. It's a diamond. It looks like a black diamond. Now we're back in the Enchanted Forest after a scene I truly didn't care about. Uh, like, I okay. Honestly, did they need to have this weird Dementor thing? Did they need to have Hook go down there at all? Because uh, she just, like, they could have just had her go down there, crack this glass thing. They're taking shortcuts everywhere else. Why not just send her Why down there? Why didn't she just go and, yeah. to Maleficent? Grab her thing and go. And grab her thing and go. And it looks like she knocked the hook all the way down there and then, like, walked across the bridge and grabbed this thing. I'm like, why didn't you just walk across and grab that thing? And then, like, they didn't establish, like, why there is a threat to her getting the thing that she had to overcome. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't. She literally just had to go, whoosh. I guess. Let's, let's, let's pretend that that was relevant. The whole point of it was to say she's got some diamond. We assume it's the trigger, but for all we know, Regina could be lying. Now we're looking at Regina as the hag who passed out for no fucking reason. <laughs> Just from the mere sight of Snow White. And guess who's taking care of her? Yeah, If you guess Snow White, you are right. Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Damn it. Dirty Blade will do that. Oh, she got stabbed by Dirty Blade. See? An explanation. Snow Thank you. That's all I want. What's your name, honey? Wilma. My family works in the mills. Nice to meet you, Wilma. Okay. You're going to live Wilma Mills? (laughs) How long... How long till I can get up? Two days? Also, how do you know that? water, healing herbs. I would die in the woods. It's not bad hunting if you don't mind killing the royal livestock, which I don't. You don't know how to do that. I would die in my backyard, so. I mean, uh, you were a princess. Someone from another forest taught me. It's a long story. There are people hunting for you. It's dangerous for you to be here. Why are you helping a perfect stranger? I'm going to bathe your wound, but it's going to hurt. So just listen to me, okay? It's easier if you're distracted. When I was younger, the horse I was riding ran away with me. I was about to be thrown. I would have been killed. I like, I like this woman. She had no idea who I was. She came charging after me. She saved me. 
She risked her own life. It changed me. My mother always told me to keep goodness in my heart, and this woman proved that she was right. You okay? I'm good. I'm listening. It changed you? Yes. It taught me that there can be this genuine, selfless connection between people, even strangers. This is a really. This is beautifully done. There. It just makes me mad because this should have been the closure. Right. But we what we already knew. This is her? before the story we know, so it can't I know. Her. But I like that it happened anyway. She's gone. Oh, but I hope she comes back someday. <laughs> back in Storybrooke. Operation Cobra was about was the breaking best part of, of the whole episode. This is ah. about keeping Storybrooke secret. Operation Cobra. Last time. Why? I need a why. You never need a why. But I have one. Something like (laughs) something that hides in plain sight. Something like a praying mantis. Duck. Operation Duck. So weird. (laughs) Oh no, it's not them. It's just an extra. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Steak after fun. She's just eating bread. This one. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Like the lights. I thought by now we'd be having adventures. Pattering of rain. Over there, you know? Riding horses, shooting bow and arrows. This is cool, too. <laughs> Drinking his coffee like a grown man. something you want? <laughs> I mean, if there was a way to go back to the Enchanted Forest? Is there? Oh, don't be crazy. There is! A way back! Do we need to talk about it? Why would they write that? Why would they write that in the script? We are so well beyond that. Can we stop saying the word crazy? She also said no outright. No, and then followed up the no with don't be crazy. Okay. Should we just turn it A bean or something? I know, right? A giant bean. <laughs> I really want to. You're a smart kid. <laughs> That's You're not awesome. going to be mad that she just lied to you like just now? You, me, and me. Oh, hey, whoa, no way. That We're not, that's not... Duck! No, an actual duck, Emma. <laughs> She's not going to recognize your... The one ugly-ass yellow, yellow bug in the whole town. Visible. Operation Praying Mantis is not even fun anymore. Oh, we're going to see the so eight. once we find proof that tomorrow's evil, I guess the wedding's off? Henry, Neil and I are not getting back together. You know that, right? I mean, once he's single, it could happen. Throw him together, moonlight, wine. Listen to me, Henry. <laughs> I assume. What is he going to say if she's, they're right there? Or we're going to be around the corner. He's going to be like, oh, go! Like, what is he going to do as her, as her lookout? He's going to make a praying mantis noise. <laughs> you got to be the lookout. But, but what do I do? Whistle? Oh, Thank you. Always. You got to hit the door. You know, like, just like, like, kick it. Like, There's the board, eight. Like, That's the last number. Or like, like, stumble into it. Like, oh, I didn't, you know. Just hit the door, okay? Hit the door. <laughs> yeah. That was got actually it. cute. Now go. That's a cute moment between the two of them. Yeah. Little, little, little uh, silly. 
crazy silly. Emma. All right, it's an it's a bed and breakfast room. It should not be that big. It's like a chateau. <laughs> also, what are you gonna do? Hide in the closet? Like. Yeah, creaking floor is super weird in an old bed and breakfast. <laughs> creaking? There must be a secret depart- compartment down here. Like, or the wood right? could just be creaky. My house is filled with creaking. Just go under the bed. Oh, Henry. hell no. I taught her that. Emma? Oh. <laughs> also, okay, that's kind of funny, though. I like that that's funny, but why did Henry kick the door and then do... Do you remember that dude from the Dave Chappelle show who he would be in every scene and he would be doing this? Yeah. That's what Henry just did. He was like... It was just so funny how he was like, oh, come on. I taught her that. Like, I that, do like that. I think it's a beautiful family moment. That beautiful family be moment. Beautiful family moment that still should have happened. But again, the grace that I would give to Henry is Henry is a lot slicker than this. Again, Henry is smart enough to put together how to take down the most powerful sorceress in the whole town. He couldn't figure out how to kick the door and maybe have some subtle conversation. He still could have been like, hey, I was wait- I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? Like, he could have engaged in some conversation and then Neil see him kicking and go, I taught her. That. I know. Why I know. did they give him this, this so guy? Good. Still good, but sloppy. We can't hear you. So you weren't here and the door was open and we just... Please hold, everyone. Harper has to show me a boo-boo on her leg. Boo-boo on the leg. Everywhere on my... On my... On my legs. No way. How'd you get that? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah? No. Oh, no. Go that way. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good. Like, keep cricket. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this bag? Yeah. Full, full this one? Those are our swimsuits, yeah. For the Mickey boat? For the Mickey boat, yes, baby. Hey, look at that! You can pick it up. I'll just suck it in my mouth. Okay. Is it dirty? Yeah. Harper, why are you in such a goofy mood right now? <laughs> <laughs> She's literally making this silly. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, she goes, are those our swimsuits? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, with the Mickey boat? Maybe that's her. Maybe that's her. Uh, that's for her story. She is Henry kicking the door right yeah, now. Yeah, that's yeah. how she is acting right now. So I, I this is a prime example. I should have played her sound for when Henry kicked the door. All right. Uh, let's rewind. One, two. Hey, 20 right. seconds. I hate it. Oh hell no! I taught her that, Emma. I do. I do like getting out of it. It's fine. I like the cute little smile with Henry too. That's nice. But so you weren't here, and the door was open, and we just. Emma, what's what's this about? I like that Neil takes everything Mom. so calm. It's really chill. I know. He's very like. It really is nice. I think she's. She. The he said how to warn us about. He didn't say didn't you're being emotional. You he didn't shut her down. <laughs> okay, yeah, I will. As long as you broke into our room to spare my feelings. Are you out of your mind? He warned us about a woman. Yeah, which covers half the world. You broke the kid into this? 
She lied to me. She's still smiling. I like she's like this is a kind of joke. I never bought it. Yeah, you did. Listen to me, Neil. She's got a list of fairy tale characters. <laughs> Henry, who they are. if you want to leave, give just go. Yeah, dude, get right out of here. Am I helped to make that list? I knew it. I knew it. To help her come to grips with this place, it's not easy, you know. She's trying to deal with it for me. Still calm. I, I know what this looks like. She had the upper bad. hand. Do I look like a jealous ex? Okay, maybe I'm crazy, but let's find out. There's a floorboard loose. It shouldn't be. So let's look under it. If there's nothing there, fine. I back off. Okay. Yeah, sure. What the hell? I I really like the way that Neil is written. He's so even-headed, you know? Like, he's, he's so just calm. He's a good guy. A little help. But he's not a goody two-shoes. He's not, and he never, like, flaunts. He had the upper hand with the truth, and he didn't throw it in her face. He, like, I think that was really... It's the first good scene in the whole episode. Listen. I know tomorrow... I don't even know what the fuck was that. that. Okay. 10 seconds. 20 seconds. Oh, right. I don't know. I couldn't see what they saw. I see grass. Nothing. I I think it was nothing. Oh, it's nothing. Okay. There you go. Okay. So there was nothing in there. I thought it was something weird. I'm trying to show this. I know Tamara being here is a little awkward. Don't. Henry, let's go. He's also trying. He's trying to be nice. He's trying to, like, make it, you know. He's trying to smooth it over. Okay. We're back in uh, Enchanted Forest. Snow is concocting some kind of uh, Indian voodoo so that she Mm. can go on a spiritual quest of some shit. Yeah. What is it? Why do we eat pray (laughs) loving right now? I don't know. We have one every day. Well, you look better. I think you slept off the last of it. <laughs> the dad joke. Yeah. Don't waste any time. Oh, noises in the woods. Maybe a patrol. We stayed too long. We want me to do the sword, bitch. Well, just in case. Her soldiers are ruthless. Stay behind me. This is undercover boss, and I don't know that I like it. I do. I do like that a moment got to happen, but the, it's okay. You know, I just want to say I want to live in this thing. And oh, this little hut. It's like tent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can hear cracks in the woods, and you can't hear her unsheathing her metal the sword. Are to be believed. <laughs> sent the huntsman to tear your heart out. She did. How horrible! If you had her in front of you now. Would you kill her for that? Regina wants to hurt people. I think she's in constant pain and is always looking to figure out whom to blame for it. We lived in the same household and still she could never see that I was on her side. She wanted revenge more than she wanted love. She's going to slip. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. living that way. I roll. I want to be guided by No, her. I didn't. So now, I mean... <laughs> I didn't kill her. There you go. At least <laughs> we got generous. there. People aren't that good. No, I think they are. Even her. She's just afraid to look vulnerable. <laughs> the irony in that is you actually quite good nice. inside there? I know there is. I've seen it. Mm. I wish she'd give herself a chance to be that person again. 
This is beautiful. It is. It really is. And I do just want to say. I don't think it's too late for anyone, she just said. I don't, yeah, sorry. I didn't want to talk over her. But I do want to say that I know we just shitted on the hag. Um, I wish she did look like a hag, like, in that mirror. But I'm glad that they let Lana Perea play hag Regina. As herself. To, like, give, yeah, like, yeah. give these moments. Because I so think that it makes it a them, lot yeah. more personal. And yeah. it really, you feel connected to them. But I do still wish the hag in the mirror was, like, a literal hag. Well, I don't now that this is happening. I don't necessarily want her to be quite that old because I would think that some of this hospitality comes from just being nice to old people. She yeah. she presumably is Snow's same age. Okay, but just put some soot on her face. But like, make I'm her, really yeah. not asking for much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't have to be like an old old lady with gray hair, but like at least make her, or at least just don't make her cute. Like she's she was just too attractive to be that poor. Like she was, you know what I'm saying? Like you'd like swipe right on her. Yeah, like, like you know she, what I mean? Like, like, she looked like she could have just been a princess, and it would be like, like the princess Jasmine with all her jewelry and shit puts a hood on and then goes and walks around Agrabah. Like all of the people in that little village don't look absolutely terrible. It's the Incredibles mask, right? Yeah, exactly. Or the glasses, the Clark Kent glasses. I can't tell it to you. Anyway, uh, no, all of this is beautiful. I really, and no one, you know, the fact that. It's not too late for anyone is like Snow's yeah. whole thing. And the fact that she got to hear it directly from Snow's mouth is kind of nice. But I want to see how they're going to. Which makes you think. Mess this up. How did this go wrong? Yeah. How did this go wrong? Which I'm sure we're going to find out in the next. This is, which is. But. This is an interesting story. I do agree. I like that. And honestly, up until this point, nothing in the Enchanted Forest has been something I've been like really upset about. Aside from the, the stupid casting of that one girl. We only saw her in a mirror once. Whatever. But like the rest of it, the this way that this plot is. Incredible. This is where I'm projecting incredibly here, but th- this everything in the Enchanted Forest. If I really do have to guess, like this feels like Jane. This fe- this poetry, this like really beautiful. Like, what if they split it up that way? Because the only thing that I have an issue with is that she wasn't a ha- she wasn't. But a that's a casting yeah. thing. That's not a writing. And that's thing. a casting thing. Yeah. Not there a single has not piece been of the one writing. bad moment in the Enchanted Forest besides him being named Berkeley, which is something we can get over. That's funny. That's whatever. Okay. And then we said, oh, we don't like how. Um, they're shitting on the queen in public like that wouldn't be allowed but then they made up for it by having the guards come yeah no we're cutting well i I guess it was just that i wanted to see a little bit more that okay that's a good case that's a case where i would have wanted to see more fear out there when people are walking around and something like someone suggests like oh i wish i could just make a doll a a hanging thing that looks like and we can throw stuff at it and the whole village goes no no, you can't do that they'll kill all of us like that feels more realistic however changing it to they're all going to be making fun still gets us to the same place of having hag regina go in there and make this big fuss and come right so like i don't mind that it was a little bit of suspension of disbelief that they would do that in the village right if the if those guards and patrols are not there that's still a possibility it's not like a so far of a stretch from reality it could never happen like it's still okay i just think and like we're not at the end yet but i really don't have anything bad to say about the enchanted forest section of the show so now you are right I don't know if you're right, but like, you know what I mean? I am inclined to agree with you that this feels like the split in the writing was the route. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. I, I'm just conjecture, but I. It, How do we find that out? The, you don't. You don't. But I like, mean, you interview them, <laughs> you talk to them directly. But I mean, it just, this is what I remember from Jane. This is what, the, this is the poetry I am familiar with out of her writing. And I don't see a lick of that. And this is not, I hate it because I don't want to just be like Christine Boylan's the worst because I don't know. It's just, I, we're seeing what we're seeing. Like the, the Storybrook has problems and maybe they weren't even Christine's fault. Maybe she inherited them and she had to, you know, like who know? like we don't know. Yeah. 
I hate, <laughs> I kind of hate now that we talk about them so personally that we actually use their names because it feels like a little aggressive. I refuse. It Jimmy, feels, nope, not, nope. It feels a little aggressive, but. We are on episode 44 of the show. Yeah. We are in the thick of it. We did what we did. We can say what we want. <laughs> oh, They're not listening. <laughs> we had to. If we were calling Jane Espenson fam and talking about her to other people as though, you know, we changed their lives, that'd be a completely different story. We are just fans of her work. Oh, you're right. Yes, true. 30 seconds. One, two, three. There you go. I've seen it. I wish she'd give herself a chance to be that person again. Snow also looks beautiful right now. They both do, I think, honestly. Yeah. I don't think it's too late for anyone. So if she... If she wanted to change. If she wanted to be a family again. If she wanted to be good. Would you forgive her for that? Would you let her back in? She really meant it, yes. I would love that. This is like the middle act of a movie. When you're like, oh, redemption. But neither one is happening, so there's no use thinking about it. She wouldn't offer. Sometimes people can surprise you. This might... This this is it. Okay. These people are dead because... They oh, help. this is these are the people that they yeah, killed. Yeah, that's there. the village that she just pillaged. You didn't do this. Uh, oh, I know. She did it. I take it back. It is too late for her. I could never forgive her. There's no good in that Poetry. woman. Poetry. No. It's beautiful. I was wrong. That snuck up. There never was. It's what very about s- when she rescued you? Very snow way to react, too. Remember, she crumbles when this happens. Your story about being saved. Do it. Slip up. I never said it was her. Yeah. There it is. I read between the lines. Yeah. She's not dumb. Okay, this is the only way that could have gone down, I guess. But it still hurts. This is great. This is poetry. This is really gorgeous. Yes, it is me. But there is good in me. Where, bitch? You just killed an entire fucking town. Yeah. I want no part of it. Can I just pause? Damn it. I want to rewind real quick. I just want to pause real quick on this. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. Right here. Good. I was watching a couple things of archers. They were talking about Hawkeye and all this stuff. And the way that she has this like that against her cheek to look down like that, I'm pretty sure is extremely accurate to archery, if I'm not mistaken. If you have oh. people out there who's archery. I mean, I'm assuming that they had some sort of training on it. Yeah, because I'm looking at how I, I just I want to go back and watch them again to make sure I'm actually accurate in that. But I do remember there are a couple I, I saw a couple things about. Uh, weapons in movies and things like sword use and, and bow and arrow was one of them. And the guy was saying like about how 
you know, you would, it's a lot of people, they are like tilting the bow really far sideways and it's not a lot of things people, because it's sexy to look at. And he was talking about yeah. form and stuff. And this just, I think uh, I'm remembering right. Yeah. That this is, I just saw it and I was like, oh, she, she's like an arch archer. She's not, she's not one of those people who hold guns like this, you know, with their like yeah. bent or at the waist. That's my favorite one is holding a gun like way down here at your chest. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bothers me so much. I'm like, why would you look down your arm? Like that's just intuitive. Anyway, good on Guinea Good. She did the research. She understood the assignment. I want no part of it. You have no magic. Yeah, also, you are not dumb enough to forget that. Stop it. Twice! Yeah, there's no reason. Rumble steel skin! Snow, if you were really going to use the arrow, you would have used it by now. I'm also pretty sure at that range, I don't think arrows do enough damage that close because they, you know what I mean? They need to get up to speed before they can pierce so that yeah, close, that, it would just right. hit her and bounce. You're right. I think. Anyway. It's like if you just kind of like dropped it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Startling, aren't they? Some people say striking. I love him. It's a great, he's a great. That. That's a great line. Fake well, villain. Now, the one thing I excel at is surviving. Amazing thing is, you almost had me. All that stuff about a fresh, clean start, just killing him and moving on, kind of touched me. For a moment there, I felt we had a real connection. And honestly, I almost put a stop to my plan. Your plan? Well, their plan, but I fancied it. And they did save me from that wretched, whatever Maleficent is. Do you uh, know these two? Well, they have a way with magic. Or should I say, a way against magic. Again, they look like fucking clowns. Mm-hmm. Laurel and Hardy back here. Enough of this. Did they only do that yeah, thing in the Enchanted Forest so that it would mirror this? Work. Not anymore. We have kryptonite. <laughs> we read it from the comics. God, that ice cream looks good. Wow, that bowl. Yeah, seriously. This is nice. What is this called? Also, this you kitchen know, island I thing that they have. I know. It's really yeah. gorgeous. He said, I believe you. Because I'm right. <laughs> okay. And when we prove it, no, then I, I'll go back. Fine. To it's part of their charm. I'm still upset that you just caught her in a lie and aren't mad at her for lying. I know. Paolo, back us up here. <laughs> Terrence lying to their kids again. No, when we get back, and then getting the away with it. We're gonna need your help restoring the palace. It's in pretty bad shape. Cosmetic or a total teardown? Burned down. <laughs> what are we talking? Plywood, two by four, six by four. What you got? <laughs> oh, and everything's gonna be gone or of dead. Of course it is. Scorched, in fact. What happened here? Oh, burned down. Funny. The beans. She just said gone. that. You guys didn't like. Take a couple for a backup supply or something. Anything. Nobody steals from a dwarf. Ooh. I believe him, his anger more than, than Mento and Tamara. Why didn't you come when I called you? Sorry, dearie. Do I know you? I already have a maid. Promising girl, actually. You know who I am. Dearie. You were supposed to come change me back. <laughs> Was I? I said you could call. Didn't say I'd answer. <laughs> Have the peasants know so then? We just take this damn spell off me. I want my magic back. I want to be able to get into my own damn castle, thank you very much. 
Told you it wouldn't be pleasant. You want to hear me right? Is that it? Hmm? Well, you were right. Oh, I like that. Right about what? Cute seventeen-year-old. Okay. <laughs> no. <Nope. I> never <laughs> loved me. So sad, and yet so true. <laughs> what are you going to do now? Then? Who played her? I'm gonna Venmo her five dollars. <laughs> right. Who got paid to be called ugly the entire episode? The queen is dead. Long live the evil. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wow, right on our moment. Yeah, that was our drink. Oh That's shit! Our big drink. Sorry, like the whole computer like freaked out. Anyway. I know. There it is. You were right. It was Regina. It was Regina. I win. What did you win? Nothing. Um, I am trying to... Okay, so her name is Jennifer... Jennifer Juniper Angeli. That is ridiculous. What in the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt is that? Yeah. Uh well this was What was her what was her name in this? I is it Hag? Peasant Woman. Yeah. <laughs> it was Peasant Woman, yeah. Peasant Woman, Peasant Boy, Peasant Girl, Peasant Man. And then Berkeley and Rivers and Carney, who I guess is the guy who was uh hosting. Yeah, putting thing. it on. Yep. Uh <laughs> whatever. Uh no, I mean she's just a you know, an actress. She's uh, you know, she's not. She was already too uh, old, frankly. She was like a you know, in, in her, so th- this long now. She's just an adult because like we so we always look up the kids that are like six yeah. and seven, and they're like a ripe twenty one now, and they're like gorgeous and right. making a million dollars on social media. This is like a normal adult, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just living her life. But still, still, this woman got paid to be called ugly this entire episode, and that's not right. <laughs> Because that's yeah, we still hate that. That's not fair. I mean, it wouldn't have been fair to anyone. Let's be honest with you. Like that's her whole point was just to be called less than. But somebody's got to do it, and she's an actress and got to pay the bills. So mm-hmm. whatever. The cuff. Okay, let's see how this works. Finally, they explained the damn cuff scene that you missed. So I was right. They do actually justify it. And oh my god! Here is the explanation. Give me this. Well, you rather insisted. You knew I wanted. <laughs> True. They rigged it with something that blocks your magic. Wow. It's impressive. So little bitty Owen does All right. that magic. That was actually pretty smart. It's not magic. Actually, this is something much better. You're still a whiny kid, Science. You, you can stop doing that. It's not going to work. You might be able to get rid of the leather, but inside are the toughest metals and machinery known to man. And right now, they're counteracting every magic bone your body again teaming up with the good guys would have been a better move here but all right which one was she uh she was the the, the queen the, the evil queen yes i was the queen but now here you're nothing hmm and what are you she just cut her arm off i'm just a pan a man on a mission. And all this just to try to find your father. I already told you I don't know where he is. Yes, you do. But that's not my mission. Then what is? I'm not telling you. 
This is first. Right, finally, first, somebody doesn't. First grade fighting words. I'm not telling you. But you know what? It's finally the first person that didn't just lay everything out on the table. I for- agree. <laughs> I agree. But if you're, gonna, I wish he delivered it differently. If by- you're going to try and make me like Greg or whatever his name is, Owen. Greg, I got Greg is his new name. Owen is his old, old name. Greg. Yeah, old Greg. <laughs> I put that in the in the show notes last time. Uh, if you're gonna m- make me try and convince me that he is not a sniveling piece of shit, then you're gonna have to make him tougher than. I'm not telling you. You can't put some better words in this guy's mouth. You can't put. You know like, what he reminds me of. You'll find out um, in due rat. time. The so, rat from Harry Potter. Oh yeah. What's uh, his name? Uh, 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 well, Scabbers is the rat's name, but he's um Yes. He's Wormtail. Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. There you go. I got it. Peter I got there Pettigrew. Yes. I got there eventually. Sorry. Thank That's you. That's what he reminds point. me of. He's a bad guy, but he's like sucks at it. He sucks at being annoying. a bad guy. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Ugh. Masquerading is a good guy, of course. Which sucks because you know what? He like is a good guy. Right, he's well. He's trying to do a good thing for the. I don't know, whatever. It's just a mess. He's just trying to find his dad. Well, he's Regina not. is technically the bad guy in this situation. <laughs> yes, but there's another thing, and we find. I know, out I know. There's finale. another thing, but, but like, like right now. Well, he just gave away that that's not it. This is the first yes. time actually he said out loud that that's not it. I'm a man on a mission, which is why that reveal was so exciting. I'm a man on a mission. Yeah, we know your mission. You're trying to find your dad, and he's like, no, no, no. It's a new secret. And and then she's like, well, then what is it? And the last line of this shitty ass episode is, I'm not telling you, like a like a like a ten year old would say. I'm telling you, Jane did not write that. I'm saying, my dearest, our Lord and Savior Jane Espenson. Well, my good friend Jane Espenson will tell me when I call her because we're really good friends. <laughs> She's basically fam. XOXO. Gossip Girl. <laughs> okay, let's finish this. <sighs> I'm really sad that this is going like this. Two episodes in a row. MVP of Storybrooke. Neil. Hell yeah. Absolutely. The only character I so really So this is the thing. I think Hello. my MVPs and LVPs this week are very strong. I, I think... I'm very confident in my decisions. How do, you, how do you put him up against Emma? Because Emma is like including Henry, although she is still trying to. I, okay, she lied. Yeah, First of all, we're going to knock her down because she lied right to Henry's like face, and I did not like that. Um, Neil is still very new. So I am still treating him. You know what I mean? He has just been thrown back yeah. into his old, old, old life, yeah, like yeah, from yeah, like yeah. four lifetimes ago, yep, yep. dealing with his daddy issues while being a dad and handling. His baby mama, who he didn't know he was a baby daddy with. Right. Um, right. With his new fiance that he just met six months ago. Yeah. There's a lot of juggling that Neil is doing, and he is executing every move immaculately. I agree. All right. MVP of Storybook Neil. I'm, I'm behind that. That was beautifully said. He's like being number one dad. That was beautifully said. He's being number one co-parent. But he's yeah, not he's belittling not. Emma in front of that kid, which I think is huge. We didn't even talk about that in that moment. Yeah, you're right. Um, That's a good point. He chose to not fight with his child's mother in front of his child. Only, and I really do think that that was a conscious choice. Not only did he not fight, but he also, he also like joked around. Oh, he, yeah. he turned the moment into something that wasn't tense because he made it a kind of jokey and he's laughing and turning to Henry. He, he created an environment where – and it wasn't a joke at the expense of Emma. It wasn't Emma, you look real stupid yes. right now. It was, he was it not was, belittling is, her. Yeah. He was not putting her down. He showed her so much respect in that moment. Mm-hmm. And like, wow. 
Yeah. Neil, MVP. It was so easy. That's actually a very. I want to clap you again. That's just, that well, was, thank it you. was just. It was really well packaged. You're totally right, and I feel. I, feel, I love good dads. They yeah. make me feel really good. I have a good baby daddy, and I am so thankful. And I was raised by a very good dad, yeah. so I like to see it displayed because sometimes the dads get the bad rap in shows and movies, where it's really mm-hmm. easy to portray um, a deadbeat dad, and they could have made Neil a deadbeat dad. They could have. They could have easily. Actually. And they didn't. So I like seeing good father figures. Yeah, especially um, after what he's been through. Books and movies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. After what he's been through, he could have had the excuse to say, I have trauma, mm-hmm. so I'm going to afford that trauma onto everyone around me. And he didn't. You're right. You're totally yeah. right. Uh, MVP of the Enchanted Forest. Uh, Snow. Oh, yeah. Snow. Yeah. That's, that, that scene is really beautiful. Every scene that Snow was in was honestly really beautiful. Really, really. Actually. Giddy good. Knocked it out of the park Completely. with like the the feel it like you. I was literally transported back to the scene on the horse with mm. um Bailey Madison, Madison Bailey, mm-hmm. and young Regina. Like mm-hmm. I felt that moment in my head when she was telling that story. Like I, I was a part of it. I always give their acting credits to each other, like 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 not credits in a TV show, but credit of the strength that they have because I feel like they're the same person. I feel like Bailey yes, Madison I, is I know, young and good somehow because <laughs> yes. they're that because they're, they're, they're what they're both strong in is they're the same. They have the same strengths, I think, and the same power, which is why yeah. that casting is so brilliant. LVP of Storybrook. Mm. Uh, the writing. <laughs> I think I'm going to steal yeah. from Leo here. Yeah, because, Leo and I have a gave reason. us that I'm great not, cop out. Not a cop out. But I'm not like just stealing new- it. I'm not just stealing it from Leo. I the reason I say that is because Regina was doing her Regina thing, and I think the what words were put into her mouth I didn't like. They were unrealistic, so it's hard to call her the least valuable player when the thing she was doing I didn't believe she would do in the beginning to, in the first place. This feels like a friggin' dream sequence. She wouldn't do any of this stuff. Um, we had uh, charming and snow, charming and snow, vocally just blabbing around, and and then the blabbing is oh well we'll just give her a choice she'll just be in jail for the rest of her life or we'll kill her like like or whatever the hell you know what I mean like it was very it felt insensitive it also didn't feel like the two of them either to have it also be hook who is just doing I love his very neutral villainy he's never all the way evil all the way good all the way yeah, for himself all he's the way for a partner. chaotic neutral I love that that's such a great it's a it's a character it's a little bit rumple actually a little a character who you'd never know who they're angling yes. for and Greg and, and Tamara are so they're so annoyingly beneath our level of bad guy that I can't even count them because they feel they don't even feel like proper players in this they're like we we did the whole thing and now you have this magic cuff that yeah hook is the one who got it on her it's like like you were you went and bought tickets to the world series and when they showed up they were like we're actually letting the t-ball players play today (laughs) like oh man this this is what everyone has been claiming that swings in broadway is like when that is not the case when swings in broadway are actually the other top master players and they're like oh it's just like bringing in high school yeah you beat out like literally yes you know what i mean you know like but that's what anytime somebody's upset about an under another tangent that i have is that anytime somebody says something negative about having an understudy like fill in for a lead i'm like no they're still the lead listen I actually They still beat out 2700 other people. Like what do you Even more than the lead who is maybe a star, maybe not. Uh, and 
you know, learn their lines. They do their thing there for publicity, especially if the lead is a celebrity where that celebrity pull is why the person, why people come to that show, um, excluding celebrity leads who also write the show, Lin-Manuel, uh, Sarah, what's her name from Waitress? Nah, her. Oh my gosh. Um, Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles, right? Except for that, because she wrote the show. Like, she's not just in there to pull, right? Right, but like, when you go to see Dear Evan Hansen and it's Ben Platt. Well, he wrote the show, too, but... Did he? Yeah. He wrote, okay, well, oh, that, he got too old. That whole show was whole, his whole <laughs> thing. But Jordan Fisher, as a poll, definitely people know that name. They they know, you know, when you get a... You know, uh, uh, they put Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, he was also in Tick, Tick, Boom, but he was also Oh, what was Nick Jonas just in? uh, That's true. Um, I forget what it is. But but you see what I'm saying? Like, those polls, right? That that celebrity (laughs) poll, um, when they are the lead, their whole job is be recognizable and play this role so that we get butts in seats. A swing's job is to learn seven roles and be told the same day. You have to pull out of the hat of things that you remember and you're going to do it in three hours. It's, and I'm so glad that people are, that's been true for decades. And now it's like a mainstream conversation everybody's having. That's always been the job of a swing. But now it's like people are actually aware of it, of like how hard they actually work and they're not just being bougie and complain. I've actually had swings and understudies come in uh, where I've had the lead, uh, the, the, you know, main person who does that role and they've been, Okay, they've done the done their thing, and they're not necessarily yeah. my favorite. And have an understudy come in with fresh energy and like kill it. And I'm like, God, I wish I could see that person like way more. Yeah, like I want I want to see them repeated because they're awesome. And I don't mean to sound like a teenager, but a lot of this conversation has started because of things like TikTok. hundred percent. So like you have to kind of you kind of have to give credit when credit is credit. Due, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yep, 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 absolutely. TikTok is so silly. But it creates conversations that people have literally never had before. Yeah, it is true. It's like what Dirty Jobs did back in the day yeah. when it first came out on TV. Yeah, it really made you just really made you respect oh, that's what that's like? yeah. and realize that trade jobs are not just because you didn't go to college. Yeah, that's true. It's a hundred percent true. How did I get here? How did I get here? How, How I- the hell? <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve last year. <laughs> oh, really? Bing bong. Mimi's gotten thin. <laughs> uh, okay. LV- so if you ever need an understudy for um, rent, I for- would love to play Mark. I <laughs> actually Mark? think I would do an incredible Mark. Let me tell you something. Um, hit me up, Broadway. I could never. I actually auditioned for rent and almost got Angel. True story. <gasps> Dumont? I was too young and I was not ready and they were, but I got, I did get a call back and they were like, that's cute. You're great. Come back in five years. Uh, But I did did it. I did it next to Broadway stars. Like I did it next to people who were also auditioning who became, you know what I mean? I, for me, it it was a super awesome experience. Anyway, uh, I could not play Roger because I do not have a rock enough voice. I'm not edgy enough. Right. Um, Angel, I wasn't quite ready for. And Benny, I, I needed to be a little older. I was young. I was like 20. maybe. Benny um, needs to be like an Benny older. needs to be a little McGruffer. Right. And I could yeah. sing Benny's part a lot better, but I didn't look and feel the part. Um, I had two roles that I was desperate for. And it was Tom Collins and Mark. And I was like, they're never going to cast not a white guy in Mark because... 
and rap, like obviously. And then Jordan Fisher freaking played Mark at the bowl in LA with with. Je- Have you never seen this? Jordan Fisher. I've never seen this. Plays Mark and Vanessa Hudgens plays Mimi. I got. We got to watch this when we're done here. Yeah, we're, I'll I'll pull a clip up when this, <laughs> this is over because it's incredible. And I was looking at that, going, "Oh my god!" Like a colored guy playing Mark. No, that's I'm incredible. This down. No, we're gonna watch it literally after I put Harper to bed. I need to watch this. Oh down. yeah, you need to put Harper to bed. Um, um, you could let's we'll come back on Discord. We can have a family family gathering and we can watch party. Uh, anyway, but um, Mark would be my dream role. I always wanted to be Mimi when I was a teenager because, like, obviously every girl wants to be Mimi. Sure, duh. Um, Edgy. Let's glorify strippers. Um, and heroin addiction, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm a really good tenor, so I think that I would play a fucking phenomenal. Mark. I think a gender bended. And I think I have a good attitude to play Mark. A gender bended Mark, I think, would be ju- just fine because you have uh, you have um, Joanne and what's her name? God, <laughs> I didn't even Maureen. Talk. Yes, you have Joanne and Maureen, right? And you have Collins and Angel. So I think a gender bent Mark would be irrelevant. He has no romantic counterpart in it. I don't think it would matter. Oh yeah, I think it would be perfectly fine. Okay. In fact, a gender bent Roger could actually be kind of cool. That would actually be. Sick. You know what I mean with me. All right. I well, think that- I'm gonna now go back to my um, dream of wanting to be an actress and um, see me on Broadway. I yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it there. Uh, anyway, if not, find me on Hamilton, and I will be playing King George. Thank you. Yes, you, you as King George. Time. I will be Aaron Burr. Although that's the same. I actually can't do Aaron Burr. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's way too hard. <laughs> Yes. Le- Leslie O'Don Jr. is a god. Like, there's no way. Um, I would be like Lawrence or some shit. <laughs> and we now once again have to say, how did I get here? We need to actually how make that. Hell? We need to make that a, a sound Christmas. Bite, right? <laughs> Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Oh, God. That's, I actually do think we need to make How Did I Get Here a soundbite because yeah, yeah, no, we, we have use to. it far too often. Well, we were supposed to use Thank You for Being a Friend for when we go on tangent, so we could use both. But, yeah. But also this. Thank you for being a friend. Oh my god, I just connected the Betty White thing. Is that why you said that? Oh no, I was just thinking of I, her. I, I just connected. I'm really mourning this loss. I'm so easy. sad. I'm not oh going to lie. Uh, okay, anyway. LVB of Storybrooke is the writing because I can't give it to Greg. He's not important enough. I can't give it to Tamara. They're, she's not important enough. I can't give it to yeah. Hook because he's cool. I can't give it to Regina because she kind of just did. It was not her fault that she was so shitty this time. I can't give it to Emma because she didn't do enough bad to really warrant that. Mm-hmm. So the the honestly, the LVP here. Thanks. Thank you, Agent Leo. Shout out. Is, is the, the writing. LVP. No, not the writers. Oh, my God. The writing. Well, the <laughs> writing. <Christ. Okay. laughs> uh, LVP of the Enchanted Forest. I'm sorry. I know that it's expected because she's the evil queen, but I'm giving it to the evil queen. I'm sorry. You killed an entire town. The funniest part about this whole thing is that she f- tried to get magic, failed, and then like did like a cartoon runaway. She just went, she just like left and skipped out. Like it was funny yes. actually how she skipped yes. out of there, which is it, embarrassing. Yeah. But yes, I suppose the LVP being the, the evil queen. Although, do you give the LVP to the undercover boss? Um, but she killed children, so yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I yeah. think I'm gonna. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, that's fine. Morally, can't feel can't feel good about that. That's fair. Honorable mention character, either either realm. Can we at least give honorable mention to Emma in Storybird? Uh, okay, you can give it to Emma. I'm gonna give it to Hook. <laughs> really? Okay. He cracks me out, man. He when does. he like he did this whole. 
I'm so sorry for your loss, love. And then he was like, tricked you, didn't I? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It does have a very, it has a very, uh, what's his name from uh, MC from Cabaret feel. It does, it well, yeah. has so much show in it, right? I love it. The performance, you know what? I kind of agree with you. Honorable mention goes to Hook. He's just got so much flair, man. It's, it's so just interesting. so great. Yeah, he, he's he makes really us feel charismatic good. in his in his funny ways. Yeah, he makes us feel good. That's all we really need. Outstanding performance from an actor. Kenny Good? Kenny Good. Snow, I, mean, I, was too, I was getting, yes, but like Snow, I was getting emotional. Yeah, no, that was, and you know what? Kenny Good. Here's the thing. Coming out of last week, God bless her cute little Aussie self. We had a little bit of an issue with Emily DeRaven pushing a little bit hard, right? And again, and it's not just me and you. It's not no. It's a lot of people. Literally in Discord, every single person that's on our Discord. They agreed with us, which <laughs> just doesn't always happen. They did agree with us. Yeah, we're gonna um, take this moment. We're gonna take that win. This um, is a win for us. We did not get shit on this week, and no. we are really pumped about it. <laughs> so, uh, coming out of that, to watch this masterclass in reserved execution from Guinea Good not pushing too hard she got she had it she had all the leverage she had all the the emotional high ground and she didn't lather it on thick she i mean she didn't have to because she didn't think that was the evil queen and whatever but i also like the fact that they didn't i know this is a writing thing but they didn't make her suspicious the whole time she only figured it out at the very end that way we didn't have like a half yes is she really being truthful a fake relationship yeah Yeah. so that was nice and you know what i really liked and maybe this is an ode to the writing um I know they've gotten some hate this week, but well, not the Enchanted Forest version. I love that. <laughs> if that was Jane. Snow wasn't doing this as a show to show that she could lead a land. Oh. I would forgive the queen. I would never. That you know. Yeah. It was strictly to this one nobody. homeless person this that nobody. meant yeah. nothing to her. So she could have like, and she chose complete honesty, and that it wasn't for show. Guinea good. <sighs> All right, there we go. That's it. We did it. We made it. <laughs> we made it through this nightmare. Uh, oh my God, we are we are at over three hours and thirty minutes on this. It was a long episode. Forty three minutes. Are they all forty three? I don't think they are. Whatever. Here we are. Okay. We did I'm it. I'm ready. We did it. Uh, and now we do. I think I know what she's ready for. She's she's made up her mind. This is going to be a tough one. Uh, for yeah. the second annual Mr. Gold's Gold Star in the Field of Excellence. How many Mr. Gold's Gold Stars do we give the Evil Queen? 2.5. 2.5? Yes. Oh, you're going to have to justify this one. That's a lot. Everything in the Enchanted Forest. Everything, though? Well, no. There wasn't I think anything it bad moved. I think it moved the plot along. Okay. I think we were really starting to forget the roots of why Regina hated Snow for okay. so long. Okay. I think we forgot where they came from and how could it have gotten so bad that she did this curse. I think we needed a strong, heartbreaking huh. moment like this right. to get them to another level of their rivalry. All right. You know what? I buy that. Because if that's true and half the episode's bad and half of it's not, then it would be a three. And you just take away those little points for extra stuff for a 2.5. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Two point five. That's a good. I know. Contest. I knew. I knew I was going to have to really get up on the stand for that one. And it's I was a good ready conversation. No, that, I think. I think that's totally reasonable. Uh, Your which, Honor, thank you. There it is. I rest my case. Also, 
There, two point five. Oh, dude, I thought you were. Oh, I thought you were gonna allow and order that one. Oh shit! You did it. You lined it up, and I wasn't paying attention. You Thank go. you. I just needed that moment. I should have. I now. should get a gavel. That's a pretty good sound too. <laughs> just like a courtroom. Gavel. Oh yeah. As we make a lot of judgments, I think need to be the official ruling. Yeah. X Y Z. All right. Can we? Can you text that to me too? <laughs> we need a gavel, and yeah. we need a. What's the TikTok one? We already forgot. No, I didn't. Okay, you got it. Um. Ah. How did I get here? How did I get here? It was not TikTok. It was rent. Uh, all right. So now we get into the se- the episode before the season finale. Episode 21 is called Second Star to the Right. Uh, <laughs> so we have been teasing this for a long time. And I see his face here. So before this chaotic trailer, I know it's, go- it's going to just shit all over what the actual plot here is. We are now going to find out what happened to Bay when he and Rumpelstiltskin split ways. So, second start of the right promo. So ominous. So for what? <laughs> that's that's this is where we are. We're going to find out what cuz he already alluded to the fact that he didn't come straight to the land without magic. He said that to Emma in the very beginning. And I said, ah, reference, we're going to have to go back to that, right? Or he was like, that's not the only, because remember, we explained why he knows how to uh, pilot a pirate ship. Because yeah. he drove the Jolly Roger back to Storybrooke. That's how they got there. So he he was like, oh, yeah, I learned it. You know, I, this isn't the first stop that I made when I came here. So now we're going to, now we're going to actually visualize what happened in between. So second start of the right, episode 21. Right, Final episode before Oops. the devastating season finale. Magic, it's unholy. All new next Sunday, it's evil versus evil and Storybrooke's future. We're here to destroy it. We'll take a shocking turn. Plus, the discovery of an incredible new world. Neverland, it's different from where you came from. Once upon a time, all new next Sunday, 7 central on ABC. To watch the first... I don't care about that. I fucking loved that cut abc.com uh okay okay that off was... to a world we've never seen neverland very very out of strong wendy cut. darling's out mouth. Of wendy darling very strong cut so now we find out where and Bay that's, goes. Um, that's not a spoiler you can very obviously fucking tell that that's wendy darling oh we're not apologizing um, for spoilers anymore we do we're everyone everyone is playing their part including people who call in including people in the discord this is just how it is it's fine uh so not only are we going to find out where Bay went, clearly. It was Neverland, but we're going to find out what happened. This teasing to the next piece of the story in Storybrooke is that Greg and Tamara are going to strap this bitch to a table and torture her to death to get information. You know crazy? Fuck these two. <laughs> I forgot that even happened. I, I hate I these two characters. Oh, yeah, of course. I hate these two characters. Honestly. I need them out. I need them to go and away. Super spoilers. I don't hate them less as the episodes go on. I vividly remember that this next season, I hate nothing more than these two characters and these two bitches get what they deserve. So I'm looking forward to that when they leave. <laughs> like Owen should have bowed out. This whole thing, I think, is a... 
they couldn't they a can't bad go back. seed plot yeah uh, but uh, well it could have been cool and i like the fact that owen and they, they did too much they're piling too much onto this one character. that's he, what i mean he could have had one episode and like made it a thing and, and then- it would have been cool like it's cool i like the idea that somebody that was there 30 years ago when they actually that's such a cool idea and like make her make his dad someone important and i don't i don't honestly don't remember who his dad is at all i don't remember him ever coming back i don't remember anything about it um I'm sure it ties into something and that'll be cool. But like, I don't think that the payoff will be worth it after all the shit no. that we have to go through with these weak ass. This was a characters, one and a half episode storyline, which is crazy because Shaniqua, whatever her name is, uh, Shaniqua Martin Green Tamara is this amazing, super strong yeah. black actress, right? She is uh, the captain first ever black woman captain on a Star Trek ship in Discovery. She plays she plays some other things too. I forget. I found another thing that I recognized her from and I didn't remember what it was. She's also I like beautiful. I found her um so when I was reading the IMBD, it said Gossip Girl and I was like, I don't remember. Also Gossip Girl. I've seen yeah, Gossip Girl a million fucking times. She is. She's one of Blair's minions. Ah, okay. Because uh, oh, I just restarted it. I remember yeah. what it was. <laughs> She's another character that I absolutely hate. Fucking Rhonda from New Girl. The, 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 uh, dumb model. No, the, the practical joke one with Winston. You got Rhonda. Hate this character. Hate. Oh hate this character she, so we were watching season six and she showed up and i was like oh that's right she plays annoying ronda yep. who i can't yep. stand um but i'm so i'm so happy that she's in discovery and there's a couple other things that she's like really really like really great in. um she's in the good wife like she's she's incredible as an actress but and this is not and these characters not being great are not her fault at all and no. I don't really have any particular issue with how she's acting with it because I don't think anyone would be able to to act in any different that would make it better honestly it's the right. situation that's an issue i don't think there's anything she's doing that's particularly offensive you know in terms of performance but anyway yeah. uh yeah i do i really don't like that these characters just get on their high horse and i they think that electrocution torture is gonna like i don't care what we've already established a level of morals and ethics in this whole thing, right? That charming yep. and, the, and these two operate outside of that system because they're not working together with the good guys. Hook's not a bad guy enough for him to operate for the villains. So they're just on. I really need to know if people listening have as big of a problem as we do with Greg and Tamara because yeah, they are operating. When you watch a TV show, they establish the rules, right? They And when you have people operating outside of that, they need to be crazy and strong and powerful and risky, right? You think Grindelwald in, in Harry Potter, you have the school and you have the Wizarding World and Grindelwald operates completely outside of both of those things. He's a rogue yeah. agent and he's crazy and powerful, can level towns and, conv- and you know, manipulate people like Hitler and like all. Th- th- so it has some weight. If you're going to have people operate out of our comfort zone, you're going to have to make them interesting. And there is nothing interesting about these two. Nothing. They are weasels. They are side yeah. characters. They are sidekicks. They don't deserve yeah, they're like their and own. Pop. Like, get out. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I'm over it. It's frustrating. It. I know it has me heated, but it's just because if they're going to be played as like the anti-Regina and they're not, they're also going to be anti-good guy, then there needs to be something more there. And I don't think either one of their characters there. have it. I do think as actors, yep. they're doing a great job doing with whatever they can. But uh, so, yeah, we're unfortunately, we're going to have a whole goddamn season of these two, man. They become a major part of these plots and it just gets worse and worse and worse. But it doesn't matter because I just looked at it. At the end of the next season, we're already going to be into a, 
I guess it's a good enough spoiler, but another realm. We, they, uh, frankly, the rest of the show is just going to be like experiencing these realms that we didn't know exist, realms, right? Yeah. So, so we do get into my next favorite one. Uh, so I actually, I'm, I'm starting to remember now that this whole Neverland thing, I, I previously had said it lasts all of season three, but I looked at the title, Nate, titles of the episodes, and it doesn't even last all the way until season three. I think they get out of it. The, the meat of it in the middle, I think, maybe, right? And then, yeah. and then, as you recall, we get finally a worthwhile villain that we go back to. And that's when it gets good again. That's when I remember some five-star episodes. So we yeah. literally have to get rid of these two before shit gets good again. I, my, it is my hope. I don't know that we're going to get a five-star episode with those two in it. And I, I hope I get that. proved wrong. Don't, I no. really, I hope I get no. proved wrong because my problem is they're always going to suck the life out of these scenes because they didn't, they never got their foundation never came from a good enough place. So every time they're in it, it's going to feel, it's going to feel like it's limping, you know? Yeah. Anyway, here we are. We're at the end of the season. So it's the last two episodes, 21 and 22. And then it's the season finale of season two, which we always love to celebrate our season finale. So woo woo. We're almost getting up to uh, episode 50. We're on almost on five episodes away from next next episode. We'll be five episodes away from 50. So thank you guys for sticking with us. And now we have our outro. Wow, uh, guys, we made it to the end of episode 44 here at the Storybook Circus. I am so thankful that you have chosen me to be your host. My name is Isla Shukorsky. I'm here with my other host. I am the Mackie Mouse. Mouse Media. <laughs> Media. <laughs> uh, we hope you have enjoyed your meal. Uh, please be sure to tip your waiters on the way out. Um, yeah. We have some uh, ways that you can contact us as well if you you're interested do in doing that. Uh, we have a phone number. It's 207-536-8512. We have a, an email, thespcpod at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, thespcpod. We also have a patreon.com slash thespcpod if you would like to uh, financially support the show. It uh, helps us do some more fun bonus content and stuff like that, uh, as well as some lost content that's over there as well. And don't forget to join the Discord. Super important if you'd like to uh, carry on the conversation beyond the episodes. You want to talk directly to us. You want to talk beyond. to some other brookies. Other brookies. <laughs> 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 this reminds me of Felix just like Abuela que te umbrella. Yeah. So maybe that should be our outro music. Should just be that we don't talk about Bruno from now on. <laughs> oh man. So that was an episode. And uh, next week an will be another. An episode it was. Uh, so thank you for joining us and we hope you uh, come back for the end of the season two. So with that, all magic comes with a price. All shows come with a podcast. See you in the Enchanted Forest, everybody. Stay gold. Stay rumpled, our friends. Bye.